Okay, clap sync. Three, two, one. That sounded slightly delayed, but I think we're good. All right. Oh, <laughs> Close I enough. Might have that up. Okay. Happy Halloween, everybody. It is Halloween. Actually, when you listen to this, it's going to be November. That's awkward. Hey. But we're recording this on Halloween, so. Yeah. Uh, Dude, people always do that. It's so fucking lame. Like when they record shit on Halloween and then they release it afterwards, and you're like, bro, I'm over that shit. Christmas music's been playing in the stores for like, I mean, uh, with stores, like, what relevance is that now? But you know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Dude, do you guys torture yourself the same way the stores do? Do you guys like put on Christmas music the second after? I would put on Christmas music never. at midnight tonight. I was gonna say no, no, no. I don't start what? until December first. Having a birthday in yeah, November, even, I'm always just like, <laughs> my birthday yet. first, and then Christmas. We'll go with that. That's fair. Okay. But yeah, yeah. welcome reasonable. everybody. Mm-hmm. This is the Tyranny of Thumbs Gaming Podcast, where we play a wow. game each week and then we talk about it. Thank you, McCoy. Wow. Um, <laughs> but this is this is a special episode because we've got. Not one, not two, but three special guests on the podcast today, which is just right. going to be absolute madness. There's so uh, many we, people. We're half special. <laughs> wow. We do have Reasonable. our uh, usual suspects of uh, James, McCoy, and myself, Zoe, but this week we are joined by, if you've already heard her, Elena. Hello. She's in the house. <laughs> and then we have uh, my lovely sister, Claire. She's here. Woo. Thank you. <laughs> really enthusiasm. <appreciate laughs> really appreciate the energy. Yep. And then uh, to cap off this enthusiasm, we have Raphael also here. Woohoo! <laughs> Hell yeah! Love it. Yeah, and yeah. this is a little bit of a larger episode than we're used to. So I actually think this is really fitting for a game where there's voices in your head. There might just be random voices in your head, and oh, they might shit. argue or talk over each other, and that's just the experience of this podcast. So it's a very like. I would say uh, continued experience. It's perfect coupling with this game. Exactly. A perfect complement mm-hmm. to everything. <laughs> and what was this but, game? Yeah, I was saying, what game are we playing? I was going to say. Oh. So this week, uh, <laughs> McCoy's we play... so mad that we're going to make him say the title of the game that we played this week. <laughs> okay, no, it does make sense, but it is hilarious because typically people are going to click on this and then they're going to know that. I know, but... and you know what? We argue uh, about this every time I'm on the podcast, uh, and I just think it's good practice to say the name of the game that you're discussing. Yeah, that's that's yeah. true. It's very that's true. true. It's very true. But this week we did play Hellblade, Senua's Sacrifice. Originally slated to be a two-week game on this podcast, but we said, fuck it. We'll play it in one week. We'll, you know, we'll kind of cap off our eerie games month (laughs) with uh, this game. And we're getting ready to talk about it, which I am super excited. Only because for a while now, this game has been hyped up by, from, for me, by Claire Mm. and my mom for that matter. Um, they were just like, oh my god, we've played Senua's Sacrifice, you need to play this game, it's really good. And I'm like, uh, it's been on my radar, but like, I'm not really sure how I feel about the game, but then I played it. And boy, was it a ride, and I am so excited to talk about it. So can we actually start there? Like, even in the in the context of, I, I kind of want to try to dissect, like, why this game maybe wasn't as exciting for you before you'd played it. Because, same for me, too. And my theory of this is what we've already discussed, the name. I think Hellblade, the concept of Hellblade, like, kind of threw me off. I, I don't mm-hmm. think I knew exactly what this game was due to that. Does anyone else feel that way? Like, it, it almost feels like a yeah, more of an action game than... I 100% hmm. agree with you. Like, I think um, I actually bought it two years ago, and I'd never gotten around to playing it. Hmm. I I think that, that, that 
the title starting with Hellblade, it felt like it came as a part of a series. It's just one of those kind of generic, just like beat em up slasher like Diablo, or... Diablo type games. So I, I saw I saw the trailer and I'm like, okay, this looks super interesting, but I still kind of held off on pulling the trigger for probably six or seven months before I finally actually bought it. Just because I'm like, ah, you know, it's like, I feel like game trailers have gotten really good at kind of feeling like movies and then the gameplay can still be relatively generic. So it took me a while uh, to actually get started with it. And is it just the Hellblade portion? I mean, that's that's my theory. Like Senua's yeah, Sacrifice I think Senua's Sacrifice like fits very well with the tone of the game and like the whole, with the actual game itself. But I agree that Hellblade sounds like a slasher. It's really generic. Yeah. Yeah. It's like a generic <clears throat> action game and I don't, I don't know. Well, I would say though. Okay, so you play the game and it does fit a little better. Like, okay, I get it. But even then, I don't. I never felt like the main part of the game was like the blade. I was like, well, the main part of the game is her. Mm-hmm. The blade's cool and yeah. it lights up and it glows and that's the blade is fucking. That's cool. pretty cool. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it like the name is kind of like only when orcs are nearby though. I know. Right, oh my right. god. <laughs> Dude, I just, listen, I, I was going to say this later <laughs> during our action segment, but I will say, I am a simple man. I love weapons that glow. Specifically yeah. glow blue. Oh. It's just fucking yeah. awesome, man. They're I just sick. think it's the so aesthetics, cool. Yeah. Yeah, the way I got it lights some, up. I, yeah, I got oh. some weird uh, Kingdom Hearts vibes from its little key nature when it blows. I'm like, this is taking me back to 2005. I don't know exactly. Like, is that goofy? Was. It was all a blur. <laughs> like, what the yeah. fuck is this? Like... <laughs> <laughs> McCoy at one point in the middle of a combat sequence looked at me he's just like it's kind of like a lightsaber yeah it like, is kind of like a lightsaber it is kind of like a lightsaber McCoy. no but dude there's nothing more yeah. badass in my book than being in a dark area where you're just like essentially dragging your blade and it's illuminating the ground below, like beneath you and just like all the reflections it's just gorgeous and in fact I remember being really disappointed at Lord of the Rings because it just glows when there are orcs near I'm like I want it to glow and hit with the fury of a thousand suns <laughs> not just glow because they're here or whatever I want it to like slice through them like fucking butter but anyways and in fact this one does hit with the fury of a thousand suns and it is awesome but okay we don't have to Indeed. transition into the combat immediately I'm curious if anyone has other than the game name like where they want to start with this like i'm sure we've all been thinking about this podcast because it's a cool fucking game like how do we set this up for people well i will say for one thing this game also just came as a shock to the regular gaming sphere when it came out because ninja theory the people who made this game were known for games such as kung fu chaos and right. Heavenly Sword. Oh, Heavenly and... Sword. That's where I heard that fucking name before. <laughs> yep. Oh, and I've, then, cited uh... that po- I've cited that game a hundred times for being like really generic. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Heavenly Sword. And then also uh, they they also did the first Devil May Cry. And cool. so with the game studio that has those games and then they came out with Hellblade and you look at the trailer and you're like, this looks like something really different. And then also... Once you start to experience this game, I mean, I would argue, and maybe let's just transition into it, the first five minutes of this game just put you into an experience where you just know that you're going to see something and experience something unlike anything else. At least I felt that way. (laughs) I I have to interrupt because we're going to uh, enrage gamers somewhere on the internet with your comment about them developing the first devil may cry game 
they developed DMC colon Devil May Cry. Um, <laughs> which is widely <laughs> reviled by the fan base. As oh no! But that does underline her general. Is that like a remake? <laughs> that, that it, does... it was. It was an attempt yeah. at a reboot that fell flat. In my, uh, from my uh-huh. understanding. Good catch. Well, okay, good, because I've never played those Back games. We could have gotten but so yeah. much hate mail at but tyrannyofthumbs at gmail.com. We would have loved to see it. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Um, but yes, yeah. I think it does underscore, like Claire was saying, it does underscore the point that these people were known for just relatively generic games. And yeah. so they came then out with, with Senua and, um, and yeah, just going in then to the first five minutes, it is, for one, I think we can maybe start talking... It is an auditory experience mm-hmm. unlike mm-hmm. any other, mainly just because you start out where Sana was rowing this boat. And first of all, actually, I should backtrack. The game says right at the front, wear with surround sound headphones. Or, <laughs> You'll or just headphones. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. You don't, you don't technically need surround sound grade headphones. But I mean, sure, why not? But at least headphones over speakers. Right. Exactly. Especially over like TV speakers, yeah. Well, yeah, because you watch it over TV speakers and it is definitely... Claire, you played it for the first time over TV speakers. Yeah, so I was was, uh, playing it for the first time and someone was watching me play it. Um, So we just played it with just normal TV speakers. And when I heard it for the first time with my actual headphones, I'm like, hold on a hot damn minute. This is a (laughs) different experience. I loved it the first time I played it, but when I've played it since then with kind of like the intended auditory experiences, it does just add that um, kind of like extra layer of like immersion, I would say. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Right. And and, and I would say that's like technically like not to go too much into the details, although we did watch the feature and you do get to see the machinery that they use. But, you know, thinking about as we record this podcast with our technology, like most of games are recorded, like at least voice is recorded with a microphone, which is one channel. Right. It's 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 a microphone. It's a mono channel. It's one thing. It's just your voice. It's not two microphones, but humans here with two ears. And so then what you do technologically is you duplicate their track over both ears and it's just they sound right in the middle. And then people will do for games. They'll do all sorts of programmatic tricks to increase the sound in one ear over the other and try to like map out you know, three-dimensional sounds and stuff like that. They'll try to say, OK, well, that rock dropped over there in the distance. So Based on where you're facing, by the time it drops, we can calculate maybe a little more in the left ear and a little bit less in the right ear or something like that. And then it even gets more complicated, and Raphael was telling me about this, where it's like you want to simulate even the smallest bit of delay between the two ears because it hits one of your ear before the other one, or maybe it bounces off something behind you and hits your other ear more in a prominent way. And so all this is like the trickery that we do. But here, in order to get the effect for their voices, they actually recorded with two microphones in these like ridiculous capsules that I look know, like they ears. they had little ears on yeah. them, which I it's, love. It's, a, it's an ASMR <laughs> mic. Like that is a typical ASMR yeah. setup that they have there. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know the exact terminology for like it. Maybe someone else whatever. can. Something. Yeah. yeah, they dropped some kind of fancy term. In but it means movie. two. And it means that you are getting not simulated, but natural and real left-right uh, reaction. Mm. And so it's able to simulate if not replicate a three dimensionality to sound that is just unlike and like other basically 
and, and they use it in particular because they still do the same tricks for the rest of the game, by the way, because they can't record a monster five feet in front of this Bioramas uh, microphone, <laughs> but they can for the voices. And so for the voices in your head specifically, they use technology that can support them in making that essentially as real as they can possibly do with the tech that exists right now. And that's fucking rad. And it yeah. works, right? So I mean, holy sick. fuck, it worked for me. So sick. Well, the, the very first hello that like happens it's in your, it's like feels like it's perched on your shoulder in your left ear yeah. when she yeah. says that. Mm -hmm. And so you kind of I, I remember I just kind of like slightly kind of like twitched my left shoulder kind of being like, ooh, like that's that's weird. But then, yeah, you just begin to hear just more and more voices as they're kind of just swirling around your head as she's traversing uh, deep into Helheim. Uh I and that particular character stays like in that position for the entire game yeah. actually mm -hmm. Ooh, right cool. claire and i were talking we were like who is like the narrator yeah. in this you know the one who often talks about senua's experience because she is always that left-handed voice uh that's just you know closest to your ear she kind of talks above the others um mm. she also just I don't know. She has, I guess, more of a maturity about her, oddly enough, than the yeah. other voices, mm -hmm. uh, just because she she is that kind of that anchor in the story when the other voices are going manic. And yeah. so, um, like, we were like, is she maybe like the first voice that Senua ever heard as a child who's been with Senua since, you know, mm -hmm. since she was young? And, a, you know, because the voice does say at the beginning, like, you know, uh, she didn't hear the voices until after the tragedy. And then they said, actually, you know, there were voices. There there were others before that when she was younger right. as a child. Right. And so we always kind of saw that to be like, this is her primary voice in her head. Right. right. Mm -hmm. mm. And with it being so close. And so, I don't know, like that kind of her of mother like, almost. <clears throat> yeah, I was going to say, huh. James, like that voice always felt to me sort of maternal or like caretakery. Like, yeah. a lot of what she says is, yeah, she kind of narrates Senua's journey in her life, but she always sounds like she really, like, cares for her and is sort of, like, looking out for her a Maybe little bit. Maybe it is her mother. Like, straight up. Or, like, her, you, like... But you do, you do hear her mother later. And yeah, it doesn't and she sound sounds like her mother. Like Right. Okay. Yeah. It could be. Okay, but I, I like Zoe I like, and Claire. I like your idea of like maybe it was the first voice and like someone. You know, it seems like someone who's been with her for a long time and sort of like feels. Yeah, I felt felt maternal to me. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And doesn't this bring like so? So okay, they they talk a big game, even from the like title screen, but also just in the promotional material and just the hearsay that you hear about this game in terms of they're going to try to do their best to uh, represent mental health in a way that is experiential. And I think the mm -hmm. auditory aspect is, is a really huge component of that. And to me, I was immediately struck with like the phrase of like, you know, the devil on your shoulder, like the good person on your shoulder, like on your shoulder. But like that, that right. I had never thought about the physicality and the proximity to my body and to my ear mm -hmm. that these voices could have. And so like w when they're hitting you with that back left shoulder, it's like it all of a sudden like brought extra like color to that phrase in a way that I hadn't mm -hmm. um, thought of before. And I was like, 
well, there you go, marketing material. You've you've already <laughs> started your journey, haven't you? Um, <laughs> and I really liked, I mean, I agree with that, that with that one voice that has that sort of like left ear, but I also really liked the effect they got from the sort of swirling of all the other voices, right? Because then there are all these sort of like little, I don't, they aren't really little, but littler voices in your head that are just sort of chattering all the time. Mm-hmm. And they kind of Why'd swirl you around your ears. Um, and I thought that was a really effective way to, too. I think if it had just been like a, you know, you, they hit both your ears at the same time, they're kind of like more static. It wouldn't have been as, like, I don't know, engaging or like effective mm. as this, like this swirling thing where you're always kind of listening to them and they they seem like they're moving around. I thought yeah. that was really cool and really well done. Yeah. Well, oh, especially yeah. when you don't really know exactly the experience that you're about to undertake when you get into that entry Mm because also as Senna was rowing you were seeing these bodies on stakes all around her and some of these swirling voices they're not even voices but they're like snarls and they're just kind of like and so to me I was like oh my god zombies like that was my first (laughs) thought where like I was like looking around being like these bodies are alive and at no point in this game do those bodies ever you know, do they ever come alive and do some sort of gimmick like that? Mm-hmm. Like, but you hear that, because Carter? I didn't know Why are you exactly scaring us what? like that? <laughs> yeah, <exactly. laughs> this game made it all the way to the end without some bullshit. Why can't you? Okay, sorry, but right, but this game made it all the way without some bullshit. Cool. It was, it was just really cool that they like they didn't even just do words. It was just also sounds, and it was. You know, one kind of sound, one kind of person sounds like they're kind of in pain, like, ah, like kind of in the background and another snarling and another one laughing. Yeah, another one's laughing. So it just really puts you at ease because also with the those differences, you as a result, my brain often found itself muddled in what it should be thinking at the time. Like, you know, what puts you at ease? No, no. My Unease was what I oh, was saying. Oh, okay. That, that yeah. I, I misheard that. Sorry. I also <laughs> heard that James and like noted it. I was like, okay, Zoe finds many voices. Okay, interesting. Disagreeing with each other a lot as well. Yes, mm-hmm. I love it. Exactly. Like, Why did she do that? And then the other one will be like, well, she had to. Yeah. She can't make it. Right. She can. She's made it this far. Like, that's uh-huh. there's, a, there's also a part um, where you're running in fire. Yeah. And as you're running through the fire, you can hear someone saying, this way, this way, this way. And then another person's going, you're going the wrong way. You're going the wrong way. Turn around, run back, run back. And so (laughs) I second guessed myself so many times in this Mm. game just because I was just like, oh my God, what do I do? Like I found myself kind of paralyzed in a lot of those instances, but I just thought that was so compelling because it just really encapsulates that, you know, you don't always need to, you you shouldn't always trust the voices in your head. They will often lead to your demise. But then also in other areas such as combat, the voices are very Mm -hmm. helpful where you want to be listening to the voices for certain cues. Behind you. Behind you. Yep. Yep. Yeah. (laughs) That, by the way, is fucking rad. That was so cool. Yeah. As a way, so, so the combat is like a, the third person like action sword like yeah. you have a, a a light attack and a heavy attack a kick a block and a kind of dodge move right yeah so and then it's, your focus 
and and your focus right <clears throat> and rise it's charging it's almost there yeah it took yeah. me the longest time to figure out that when they were saying focus they meant like use the focus instead of like pay attention and like, like i know get better. bro there's <laughs> yeah. one yeah. line in there me too there's, get good. there was one line in there i don't think it was as meaningfully intentional as it landed on me but it was like we because okay so we were gonna do this in two weeks i started this game many weeks ago and then picked it back up again and there was this point where I'm trying to remember what the focus button is. And she goes, she doesn't remember. She doesn't know. She can't do it. And I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> it was like, it was just literally perfect in a way that was just oh like, God. how did this fucking happen? Holy mm. shit. But yeah. Yeah, they made really good use of that in a couple of other places where they were like, yeah, like, why isn't she looking at it? Like, can't she see it? Like, it's right there. Yeah. 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 Right. Oh. Yeah, they're but like awesome. in combat. Like other games with this style of combat really struggle to tell you when something is coming at you from off screen. True. And in this game, the fact that it's the voices just telling you like something's coming like behind you um, is just it, it's so incredibly immersive and it makes you trust the voices so yeah. much in those moments because mm-hmm. uh, you have to rely on them. And then and then you leave combat. I, I think that's a I, I think that's a like a really good point. I think that made the experience a lot more uh immersive but also probably like after watching the feature like the feature, uh kind of probably realistic. It's like it's easy to kind of assume the experience of having voices in your head is like this is a fucking horrible time all the time. But having that balanced out at times where they're actually helpful or they're encouraging but they're also balanced out where they are taunting you they're laughing at you they're making you doubt yourself i think that was just a really good duality that that they presented that's like okay this is a this is a situation where it's not just easy to be like this fucking sucks it it really just kind of it it makes you question things right Right. there's so many combat experiences where i'd get hit once and they'd be like oh she failed she failed she can't do it i would just like shut yeah i was actually gonna mention that exact context like did i feel like we can all say that we had experience of our own internal voice arguing with the voices based on their interpretation of what was going on including oh, things yeah. like are you, she's lost no i'm not you know what i mean yeah, yeah. The fuck you talking yeah. about like but right. that it felt like my internal voice was chiming in to respond to some of these moments. Like there was one particular one in combat where they were like, behind you, you have to dodge. And I was like, no, because I'm actually perfectly positioned to not, you know, like, wait, I, I no. <laughs> right. But like, yeah. I, I appreciate, but, but no, but it's like, but that is a ridiculously deep and just like, I would never have thought of that interaction, my own internal mind with the game's internal mind. Like mm-hmm. not in that way, not in this way. Yeah. Um, it's but also, so cool. I mean, they also draw on that when Senua turns to the camera and just stares at you mm-hmm. with these yeah. like giant like, eyes. Yeah, giant like like tortured eyes, and just like asks you something, and you're like, "Wait a minute, what?" <laughs> the fir- yeah, the first time that they did that sticks out to me because I think after a little while you kind of get used to it you're like okay she's gonna turn to the camera and talk to us I get what this is but the first time she does that I was like very taken aback and Mm uncomfortable uncomfortable which I'm sure is the intention but I was like whoa right yeah what is happening here I don't like this well because she looks at you and she cries out in anguish 
And then she's just like pleading with you, being like, please, like, I beg you, just bring him back. And you're like, I don't know what I've done. But yeah. I'm in charge yeah. around here. Yeah. Yeah. You turn off the game. You're like, what? <laughs> you don't have to play this. I don't have to suffer. Yeah. Oh, but yeah, man. like, so the, the combat in this was, I I mean, I, I really enjoyed it. Um, it's really fun to string a bunch of movements together mm-hmm. and you There's are, begin nothing to... I liked more than like melee kicking a guy off a bridge. That felt, mm. that felt physically good to me. Right. Oh, miles yeah. away. <laughs> I never but thought of also, that. I'm so disappointed in myself. Feel. Yeah, that's oh, that 300 yeah. feel that everybody mm-hmm. wants. Yeah. I think I only got yeah. that once, but yeah, it was great. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. At one point, I uh, I parried an attack because if you do a block at an exact moment, you parry the attack. So I did a parry kick heavy attack, yep. and she Sick. did this fucking ninja thing yep. where I was like, I want to do that again, but I don't yeah. know how. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, the parry specifically is at the glint when the light hits your sword. It's just like mm-hmm. a sick point to have the parry be. But yeah, there is yeah. a lot. This is a, the combat is a feast of combos and animations and reactions. And it's pretty, like I would say forgiving. It's not, it's not to say it's not hard, but it's just forgiving in the sense of, you know, you can cancel out of a lot of moves with your dodge. Like you can kind of do a lot. And like typically you your dodge in a direction seems to counter most of their attacks and so it isn't as much about like and it can be about like sciencing out your opponents which you totally can do and i was doing but it's just about like you hit a sick dodge you respond with a sick combo and you just feel awesome like mm-hmm. is that enough <laughs> you know is that enough it, poor right. gamer yeah. like <laughs> I, I think yeah. it really i think it really kind of underscores how valuable simplicity can be it's like you you can have games I, I'm I'm working my way through Witcher Three right now, where everything is crafting, everything is upgrading, everything is yes. very difficult for my mind to comprehend. And there's something really to be said, especially with a story-driven game uh, like this is. It's like you keep the combat relatively simple. You have the exciting things that can happen if you string certain moves together. But at the end of the day, like on PlayStation, it's square, triangle, X to dodge, like very like it's going to be fun to play. But at the same time, it's like, this isn't the main focal point of this story. It's like, yes. the story is still at the forefront. And this com- this uh, conversation leads directly into, there's got to be a comparison that I feel like we have to make, at least in theory, in sense of, like, these games came around out around similar time, and they had even similar vibes. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm talking about God of War. But what I'm talking about specifically is that, okay, God of War is, like, a million times bigger in every co- possible context, but... It actually falls victim to what I think you're talking about, where in God of War, you want to follow the story, but you want to check underneath the bridge to your left. And then Mm -hmm. you want to go to the fucking ends of this place because I think there might be an item and then there's an inventory system and you got to level it up. And then I think this version is slightly better than that version. And you're like doing all this shit. And this game has none of that. And to me, dude, that is like a relief. It's like a weight. Blessedly linear. Yes. In in mm. a way, like, and I will say there are some there mm. are some games I really enjoy that have side quests, and I think it, they can lead to really robust experiences. But and this is what my experience was with Sura- uh, Horizon Zero Dawn. In, in but it's just like I don't know these fuckers' names. I don't know what I was doing in the main quest. It's like yeah. I'm completely 
like depersonalized from what's going on that I don't particularly care. So I think again, as if you've listened to the podcast in the fact in the past, I am a uh, huge fan of linear games. Yeah. Um, so I just yeah. I think this uh, really uh, underscores how powerful they can be. Yeah, right. It's like that. We've all been trained, man, to just check under the rock or under the waterfall <laughs> or whatever the fuck. And, like, there's a fantastic – there's a number of fantastically fucking amazing moments in God of War that I think are ruined by the voice in my head that says, check under the fucking rock, check under this, you might need this resource later, like, what if this boss is hard? Like, instead of just being, like, step forward and fucking face your justice right now. And, like, so that takes you out of the experience, I think. And so this experience really lets you be in it if you want to be. And it's an intense experience if you let it. And that's so cool. Like they actually thought about what might take you out instead of being like, well, I did a uh, market analysis of all the action games in the current field. And I realized that they all love to have leveled weapons with, with different rarities. And if we don't do that in our game, it won't be good. It won't be successful. It's like here, them stripping all that stuff out. Man, does it just let you actually be in it and actually enjoy it. Um, mm -hmm. I will say they strip maybe so much out in certain areas that it almost feels like they're on some sort of a line. Like, I guess if we take it back to the combat for a second, like you don't necessarily understand the opponent's health. You kind of figure it out. You don't necessarily understand your own health, but you kind of figure it out. And like, by the end, I was like totally comfortable with it. But in the beginning, I was like, what the hell is happening? Um, <laughs> just in the sense of like, am I going to die? What does dying even look like? I don't know. Like, and then also, like, who am I locked on to? Like, these sorts of concepts that you're like, oh, you did such an amazing job taking the UI out of this game. However, I would appreciate knowing who You know I'm when attacking. I figured out how <laughs> to change what enemy I was locked on to? <clears throat> I yeah, know. I didn't learn that I figured that, that out in the later. final fight. Nice. Literally the <laughs> final fight. I was like, what? This system exists? Yeah, flick the thumbstick. It's, so that is... This, this combat is Souls-esque, if you would, and that is just a fundamental part of that style of combat, is you lock on someone and you can flick to another one with a thumbstick flick. Um, however, you can also unlock in that game, I would note, and sometimes I wish I could, um, because it's really mm. awkward to, to flip to the person who's behind you, that they're telling you he's there, but you're like just doing some awkward like backdash like eight times so that he's in view of the camera so that you can like see <laughs> him to like flick to him. Which is yeah. a little ridiculous. I think the most awkward points of the combat for me were where like, it was like I couldn't get around to a position where the enemies were in front of me. And I yeah. just got like trapped in some like against an edge with an enemy with not enough room for me to like roll past them or something. Mm -hmm. yep. I and, got yeah. trapped yeah. in so many quarters Very because yeah. of that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and there's it's like you can't luckily, the luckily lock to you're, just run around. Right. Your parry like cancels out anything else you're doing so if you just hit it it works yeah but. but but more realistically what happens is you just try to roll nine times in a row against that ledge <laughs> not succeed and then die <laughs> yeah you know. and then you get the anxiety of like i don't know when this route's gonna get to my face i can't handle yeah. rolling into exactly. nothing and dying yeah. so yeah that's <laughs> the part that we neglect to mention is like at the very beginning of the game you are in this forced death battle and Senua gets this burn, uh, this this rot mark on her arm, and then you get this text that says, you know, yeah. every time she dies, the rot will grow. 
if the rot reaches her head, Senua will die and her quest will be over and all progress will be lost. Yeah. And of course, that just fills me with dread because yeah. I'm like, oh no, this is a finite number of deaths yeah. I can do in this. However, yeah. Claire, I think you so did. Scary. Yes. So I will, in retrospect, I'm like, okay, that was kind of cool. At the time, especially when I'm six hours into this game, I'm like, if I die, like permadeath at yeah. this time, so mm -hmm. I'm not going to restart it. Yeah. So, but I did, like, once I finished it, I'm like, okay, I died about 45,000 yeah. times yeah. against the same fucking bear wolf thingamajig. Um, so I did Google, like, okay, how many deaths can you have? And the source I saw is like, okay, we've died upwards of, like, 50 to 75 times and it hasn't caught up yet. Yeah. And so, yeah. yeah. I, yes. So I, I, that rot is a delusion. Like the fact yep. that it will oh. kill her is a delusion. Yep. That's not a bad point. <laughs> that is a good yep. point. Holy shit. Raphael, that that just blew my mind. Yeah. It blew my mind too. <laughs> <laughs> That's why yeah, well, you shared it with us. But I yeah. think McCoy and I had the experience of getting a glitch in the game yeah. where we were and all of a sudden Ooh. we were like panicked, being like, Well, we can't get through this, but we can't just keep bashing our heads at it because yeah. we will die and perma die and we're like well over halfway through the game. Yeah. And so I ended up Googling it and we were like, Oh, it's a glitch, just reload. But but and specifically what it was was there's a hallway that's in darkness when you're getting um when you're getting like basically attacked by the darkness monster, uh, if you will, when you step out of the light of a torch or from the, you know, heavens or the sky yeah. or whatever that cracks mm -hmm. through a crack in the ceiling. Uh and there's just a linear hallway where you run through a waterfall so it extinguishes your torch straight to a Ooh. torch. And in this particular glitch, you just can't light the torch again. So you just run down <laughs> oh the hall and die. Yeah. And, I, and like, it's like, there's not a lot of like solving to do. I'm like sitting there like. Is that, <clears throat> is that with the, with the bridge that you have? No, to... it's the one, no, it's the one that. immediately before the bridge. Mm -hmm. uh, oh. Oh no. So yeah, you, you just basically <laughs> couldn't grab the torch out of the fire. Just, you oh just die goodness. over and over and over again. And it's horrible to watch I, and oh, hear yeah, and glad. feel. It's also, it's a horrifying death. Oh, like yeah. the darkness yes. finds you. It's very yeah. scary. Yeah. There's all these visual kind of like, I don't know, glitches is not the right word, but like, you know, things going on and screaming. And so McCoy's just repeatedly doing this over and over again. <laughs> yeah. And desperately Googling And I'm like, they're like, is he really this precise of a fucking window? Like, I'm pretty sure I right. made it there, but like, for fuck's sake. And oh like, it's, it's, it's a linear hallway too. So there's not like, you actually run down and cut left or like, you know, Elena's like reading it on the phone. Like, there's, there's, there's a torch along the way. I'm like, no, that's definitely not this puzzle because it's just linear hallway. Oh yeah, you're right. I'm one ahead. Like, you know, it's just like, yeah. there's nothing you can do. And the answer, I'll just say in case anyone else has this problem, it's, it's just quit to the menu and come back. That's yeah, it. And it you'll be fine. And by the way, then it's easy. <laughs> like, yeah, it's not, a, yeah. it's not even a puzzle. Yeah, all of those, yeah, all of those are not puzzles they're just like run and accept the fact that like it's terrifying for like five seconds yeah, yeah. i will I'm, say I'm glad... oh go ahead, oh, go ahead. Oh, so i will say that that experience kind of showed me that i found that death scene to be like very grating and unpleasant and i like not emotionally tired but like just it was really nasty every time mm -hmm. whereas i feel like a lot of sort of horror games the experience of dying makes them less scary because like in like Yomawari is the one that I'm thinking of, which is another horror game that I somehow agreed to play um, because you die and you're like, Oh, it's fine. I just died. Like I just popped back. 
but the the this death scene was like very affecting yeah. and unpleasant mm-hmm. to the point where I was like, please stop running to that waterfall. I need <laughs> we need to Google this. I'm gonna lose my shit. I yeah. can't hear that. <laughs> I can't see that or hear that again. Yeah. And so I feel like I mean, it's just there's so many examples of this game being very effective at what I was trying to do. But I think the fact that we probably died like 15 times in a row and I was still like, OK, I need we need yeah. to not do that again. Because well, it's, right. it's, it's, it's yeah. really yeah. is the intersection the between like it's torturing you and then just like the gamer inside of me is like, I need to smash my head against this because there's yeah. a solution. <laughs> so <Yeah. laughs> like we're getting some reps no. tonight on this yeah. hallway. Like, <laughs> I, think, I think part of I think part of why it's so affecting compared to so many games when you die is because it feels like it feels like an, an honest look at what it would look like to be like writhing in pain on the floor. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like it, she screams in this like really like broken voiced way that just feels so honest yeah Yeah. um that it really looks like you're just dying on the floor (laughs) we didn't really touch on this yet but like all of senua's stuff is motion captured Mm -hmm. and it's just done Mm -hmm. like amazingly well and it makes it like really like uh, i don't know the right word but it like affects you a lot because yeah, of that. Yeah, shout out to yeah. Melina Jurgens. Yeah. Yeah. Not yeah. shit. Which I'm sure we'll touch on later, but she's not an actress. I know yeah. that blew yeah, my let's, mind. All yeah. the way let's they touch said on that, that right now. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Actually, well, yeah. I, I, want, I want to say <laughs> okay, one more sure, thing yeah. about uh, the, 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 the darkness, like, kind of monster, that whole sequence, sure. and specifically what James brought up about the one where you have to essentially you run through this waterfall, you make this heavy dash into a bridge just to get to the light. And I just love that because it took a situation where it's like, okay, you just essentially the goal is like sprint towards object. Yeah. But the way the graphics work, the way the sound goes, the way I, I think even like the controller, like like how you control her running, it is panic mode. You are running for yeah. that tiny little yeah. sliver of light. You hit that bridge so hard. I've played it uh, twice and watched Zoe play it once and the level of panic is the same every time. So I just think that's yeah. really impressive for a, a development company to take a relatively simple ass, just you run towards an object and making it like a visceral experience. Yeah, I think I, a very large part of that is like how much consultation they did with people who actually have experienced hallucinations. And like mm-hmm. you're, you're hallucinating this entire time where there's like visual glitches happening mm-hmm. and... I mean, I've seen a lot of games try to do like a sanity mechanic where there's some sort of hallucination, but nothing ever affected me the way like this did, where it was just like really terrifying. Yeah, yeah and I think yeah. part of that for me is I I actually, I don't know, do you remember this, McCoy? In college, I was like, I'm going to play Amnesia because I was like... Really? Yeah, do you remember this? I booted up on your <laughs> I booted up on your laptop because Amnesia was like big at the time and I was like, this is gonna be great. And I got probably seven minutes into the game before I was like, What this is I don't mm-hmm. want this. Wait, where's the lighter fluid? Yeah. Or the fuck? Like I need <laughs> more I for my lantern. But I think the um the visual the visual hallucinations that I've seen done in other games are very consistent. It's like, oh, I'm hallucinating it's so like it kind of it's gonna like do a wavy thing now. Whereas in this game, like there were so many different versions and so many different visual things that they did to you and it was very unpredictable and for me that made it a lot more um 
I don't know. It, interesting is the wrong word. And yeah, I'm struggling like to find another one. Maybe. Impactful. Yeah. Because mm. it yeah. wasn't right. like, oh, this is what this is. It was kind of like, oh, this is uncomfortable. And I didn't know that was going to happen. Mm-hmm. Right. And it's just that compounding. It's it's all the compounding factors one on top of the other where it's it's the auditory experience of the panicked voices in your head. Mm-hmm. I think in particular the part that Claire's talking about with the bridge, sure. I think you hear like a growling beast in the mm-hmm. behind you auditory experience. So you feel like something's chasing you. You're hearing panic in the in your voices uh you're you're hearing a panic in the voices in your head. And then yeah, the, the the cameras all over the place, the visuals are glitching. I think my controller was kind of vibrating Probably. at the same time mm-hmm. where it was just yeah. like also compounding that whole like get there, get there, get there. And Senua and, is hyperventilating. <clears throat> yeah, Senua yeah. is also yeah, and and her her just like her her cries or her yeah. sobs and her panting yeah. as she's trying to get there is also worrying you at the same time. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, it's but it's absolutely also, phenomenal. The fact that you you know exactly what's going to happen at by this point, like you know that I mean you don't know exactly what's going to happen, but like you see the waterfall that you have to run through, and you know that's going to turn off my torch, and this is going to be awful. So like <laughs> you're 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 kind of like trying to mentally prepare yourself for what you have mm-hmm. to do, and then you do it. And it's just still excruciating. Yeah, <laughs> it's that still it's still panic inducing. Um, but I think I think that like psyching yourself up for it adds to it. Definitely. Mm-hmm. Well, that's yeah. like that's like a hallmark of like this sort of mental health thing is like the just that the intensity of uh, the moment that's to come. And if you don't mm-hmm. want it to go the way it's going to go, you know, like that anticipation, mm-hmm. that like mm-hmm. wondering like when anxiousness it's happen, or yeah. yeah, or just like being like, this is going to be bad in there. Like, I'm going to go in there, but this is going to be bad in there. OK, deep breath. And then that deep breath is to give you the oxygen for should you hyperventilate. You know, it's maybe you don't think about it that way, but that's what you're doing. And like so it just it just fits super well. I, I would say in this in this context, man, I always think about this, this, this. I don't know if at this point it's played out, but it's like a discussion point that I always think about where people say, like, do graphics matter? And it's like, yes, I think like we can all say they do matter, but explaining why they matter is, I think, an interesting sort of thing to check in on. Because in this case, if you take graphics and you expand it out to visual and then out to auditory, they matter so much here. Like what Claire was saying, is like, yeah. okay, you just run with the sprint button and hold forward and then you run into the light and it's a straight shot pretty much like you know it's nothing from a gameplay perspective but the graphics just carry so hard and if you let yourself get in this then it's an intense experience and it's just like such an underscore of like they do like that's kind of why people care about graphics getting better and stuff and that's why we're excited about technology moving forward because it is opening these experiences and these these feelings this yeah, I mean, at some point it's gonna get too intense, man. But like, you know, it's it's good uh, to to see this, and like, I I think so much about. I know we talked about the the audio, but I think about it so much because, like, I feel like they did for audio for this game what like VR does for visual, where it's like mm-hmm. if you've ever like been in a VR headset and looked up, that's what kills me, up or down, because. I'm always looking straight at my monitor and I can do whatever I want with my controller or my mouse to look up or down, but it never has the sense of 
and you're cranking your neck to just like you have to go really far like holy shit i have to look all the way up there like there's just something so human like really like locks into the different parts of your mind and like that leads to powerful experiences and so the audio in this game does that also it's like it feels like they've found like a new avenue um and i hope games use it because it was used excellently here and it was just unsettling and they were just able to do all that stuff and like i i just think like can you imagine this game like i'm glad they made it now like this is an awesome idea but if they had made it like 10 years ago they would never have been able to accomplish this like the cutting edge mm -hmm. graphics and the cutting edge audio technology like, really do service this game beautifully like amazingly beautifully although i will say what do you guys think about this i think I'm not sure. So I'm not, I, I, this game for my zones, the zones that I watch or listen to in terms of the gaming sphere, it didn't really make a splash. Like it got caught up in other games being more important. Um, and its title, as we talked about, was something that maybe didn't evoke mm -hmm. what it should have evoked or whatever. I think, I'm just imagining, this is just a, a thought experiment. This game comes out today. I think it fucking makes waves, like huge mm. fucking waves. Like, I could see that. <laughs> I feel like this game was before well, its time, and it was only a couple uh, years ago. Two, Hellblade 2 is coming out soon. Well, oh, yes. really? Right. Huh. Hellblade yeah. 2 is coming <laughs> out next year. Yeah. yeah. Um, Wild. And I think that's like now, I think in a way there might be a resurgence of people being interested just because, first of all, the Hellblade 2 trailer looks sick. <laughs> is, <laughs> is it still, I haven't seen it. Is it still Senua? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's still Senua. It's called Senua's Saga. Hellblade Ooh. 2. Mm. So yeah. they put Senua first this time. Yeah. Um. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, oh, that. Um, okay. yeah, yeah, I mean, I, I know the only, it completely went under my radar. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, and maybe we, um, in me saying this, we can bring this back to what James wanted to say before I interrupted him. Um, but the <laughs> only reason I heard about it is when the, like, the, 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 BAFTA like video game awards came out and Melina Jurgens won uh best uh best like vocal performance. She 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 won best actress. Best actress. Mm -hmm. at, at, yeah. yeah. And, and seeing that and being like okay so it's like you see these big names I I don't know exactly who was nominated that year but I think like Troy Baker was Tro nominated. Troy Baker that year. like yeah. I think Horizon Zero Dawn was that whoop. Yeah. Don't quote me on that. I don't think, send I hate mail. True. I don't know time. It's, okay. it's she a doesn't flat read hate circle. Anyway. <laughs> but if you do want to send hate mail, tyranny of oh at gmail.com. Yeah. <laughs> the, point, the point I am trying to make here is that there are really big, um, just like well-founded actors and actresses yeah. with huge kind of backgrounds. And to see like this game I've never heard of before, this actress I'd never heard of before, I'm like, Oh, so that's interesting, mm -hmm. and that's what put it on my radar. I think that goes to, like, I think that really kind of goes to show, like, the importance of Melina Jurgen's performance in this is that it it really kind of put it on the map in a way it might have not have due to kind of our preconceptions of, like, the name yeah. or uh, potentially the subject matter. And it shows right. you how risky it is to make games sometimes because, like, okay, the ones we've all heard of, okay, they're going to be successes before they even come out, you know? Fine. They probably mm -hmm. have pre-order numbers that recoup their costs. But, like, this game had to be fucking excellent to be noticed by me at least yeah you know what i'm saying mm -hmm. had to be fucking mm -hmm. beyond excellent in certain areas that it got people's attention and it was undeniable they had to just tip their hat if they ever dare touch it that was the only thing that could make this game come to me basically 
Mm. Um, and even then, if it weren't for this podcast, I'm not sure if it would have made it. Like, and so you just think about that, like, fuck, dude. Like, I'm really glad we did play this, but like, holy fuck, like, I never would have. I don't think. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think I ever would have got to it. It's it's on there somewhere, but I don't know. And I I I remember its reception a little bit when it first came out, but. I, from what I saw, a lot of it was just really watered down to people calling it the ASMR game. Like, oh, oh this is the Jesus. ASMR game. Really? ASMR and, God of War. Well, well, because like to have zero tape. Well, because all people watch, like, all, all people would watch is the first ten minutes of the game. Yeah. They'd only right. watch the first 10 minutes yeah. and they'd be like, oh, this is just a game where they're... Because I also think ASMR was really starting to hit its heyday like in okay. like the general like popular sphere. Just the premise that people <laughs> are going like, to be like, yo, back then was when the heyday of ASMR yeah. was. Really the fucking peak of ASMR. Well, I, th- I think that's yeah. when it was starting to gain yeah. its traction. Yeah, 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 yeah. And so, you know, people were just like, oh, this is... This is clearly a game that's just trying to capitalize off of the ASMR trend right now. Mm. And that is so fucking sad (laughs) that that people are just like going to discount it like that because it it's not (laughs) it's anything. I mean, like it has ASMR elements. Sure. But like to just water it down to that, like what monster are you? I know. So, yeah, my experience was actually really different leading up to this. I had sort of heard that it was like a neat game and I knew it was like third person action. I think I'd seen like a really short clip but I hadn't really realized that there was like the psychosis aspect to it. Okay. And in fact, it wasn't even until like I started playing for this podcast and it has like the five minute intro where she's rowing on the boat and it's just like voices the entire time. And I was like, oh, this sounds a lot like those videos my friend was sending me about like what it's like to have schizophrenia mm. um, and like huh. hear voices. Whoa. That's a better way to go into it than like me being like, do I want to... Sh- waste my eight hours on this blah 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 i could watch the same television show i've watched for fucking eight years again (laughs) or i could play this trash so my my introduction my introduction to this game was um actually i think i learned about it on the dropped frames podcast um around when it came out and um i think all three of the hosts played it uh Co Carnage, uh, It Me JP, and um, Ezekiel uh, Third Zeke, yeah mm-hmm. Zeke, um, and I believe two of them stopped playing it fairly quickly because it was too overwhelming for them. Um, okay, that's okay. fair. That's fair. And, uh, <laughs> like sen- sense wise, like sensory, sensually, like yeah, it was, yeah, it was very sensory. sensually overwhelming. Yeah, no, no. sensory <laughs> overload. Okay, like yes. they they okay. just couldn't. Yeah. They couldn't they, yeah. they couldn't quite handle all of the 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 sounds um and things That's going fair. on. Um and they were like, wow, this is kind of incredible that a game like forced me to stop playing it because yeah. mm-hmm. of this. But also it was not an enjoyable experience. Yeah. And um Ko played through it and uh, but he like he also like stopped every once in a while um uh just to kind of take a break um and uh and like they they talked about that and the the um the like feature 
I guess the film about the the development and yeah. and why mm-hmm. they made decisions that they made, um, and uh, how kind of incredible the concept was, um, and uh, so I knew some stuff going in, but I didn't really know like um, what it was going to be like to play. So wait, James, quick question. So as our resident doesn't like scary games uh, expert, you heard that multiple people on a podcast couldn't get through the game because it was too overwhelming. <laughs> what? You were like, yeah, let's fucking do this, man. Like- so overwhelming and scary are not the same thing. Okay. Um, <clears throat> the way they described it was just like, like there were just too many voices and also they're, you know, they're streaming. So they're also trying to pay attention to their chat and try and like, <laughs> like perform. Um, and so when you're trying to do that, when you're trying to respond to people in chat and you also have all these voices in your head, <laughs> uh, just telling you shit, like that must be even more intense. So you're telling me that Hellblade 2 is going to have a Twitch extension where it voice to talks. <laughs> yeah, it, 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 it reads the text to speech <laughs> yeah. in like some random direction behind you. From oh your my chat. God. If it does that, that would be the most genius shit ever and also the worst idea I've ever heard. Here's five bucks, man. I love your stream. Like from the off, like right and like hand corner of the screen. Just like, oh my God, I am going Marbles, crazy. marbles, marbles, marbles. <laughs> This game sucks. Why don't you play more Valorant? Just like, thanks, Twitch Dad. I'm here late. Yeah. What did I miss? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh my god. So, so I was really excited to play this game because I wanted to, um, I wanted to see that the the kind of game developers really like attempt at an honest recreation of Psychosis. Um, and, and, and trying to honor people, um, who, uh, live with, uh, this mental illness, um, and, um, be respectful while also kind of, and, and, and also like couching that in Norse mythology and, and the history of, of, um, uh, well, like the Pictish people and the Norse and, and, um, I thought that that was going to be a really cool experience, uh, regardless of how it was carried out. And I think it succeeded. So that that's why I was, mm. you know, pushing to get this on the podcast uh, a little bit. Um, and um, I it, it was definitely like the second half of this game is definitely like right at the cusp of of like my tolerance for yeah um mm-hmm. fear and anxiety yeah, yeah. <laughs> well it's like- but done in such an interesting way like one of the parts there i was like well one of the parts i was kind of really clenched and like terrified about that also i was flashing back to james being like oh no james i hope you're doing well buddy like <laughs> yeah stay we strong we also but thought it's of the, you uh, <laughs> yeah <laughs> The uh, the blindness puzzle was uh, was the one. So you're in the dark, and Dillian's voice is guiding you. Oh yeah, fuck um, that puzzle. <laughs> <laughs> because that as soon so as scary. I drop down in that one building, and you hear the snarls, and oh. he's just like, "Well, you know, if you move quietly and it can't see you, it won't attack you." And I was just like, 
oh no (laughs) and i mean like it's a little bit better once you figure out that you can focus and clearly see where the demons are in that room and then kind kind of kind of Uh, i know i I just gave my a thumbs down because i was like we didn't know that i i I got through the entire thing not knowing that yeah me too just the entire time i was so scared dude i had like a dude i had like a fucking straight like star wars fucking jedi moment i was just like close your eyes luke just like fucking listen no i mean to be fair pressing focus didn't make it easy it was still Mm. scary as shit because you could see what the being was and it was this kind of immaterial kind of pulsating blob that for some reason scared the fuck out of me any more like more than any like beast or being or anything because you didn't know what it was and what its bounds were it was just this amorphous blob that had human elements in it yeah it kind of had like like, arms or legs or something because you can see them if you you die to one it you see it pretty clearly but even then it was still pretty (laughs) disturbing i'm so sorry that happened to you you died to one oh that's oh i I died multiple times i had that's that's something i learned from watching zoe play this it's like how long do you, did you think it took you to play the whole game? To hold the whole game? Probably around six and a half so hours. My playthrough really? was eight and a half hours. Whoa. So that two hours is me dying. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so huh. It would appear that I've had a somewhat different experience than Zoe mm. has had. I mean, to be fair, I'm also playing Dark Souls at the same time. And the combat is very Dark Souls-esque. And therefore, sure. you know, like, I would agree the combat is a little bit... The, the combat is difficult for people who have never played Souls-esque games before, I think. But then also, when you play a lot of video games, puzzles tend to get a little bit easier just because you can pick apart patterns so that video games do. spend more time on video games. She's saying yeah, you're not a real gamer. School, play video games. Fuck <laughs> 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 no. no, the point is, I'm saying I can... I, I can completely see and respect like you taking eight hours for this because it's oh I took like, eight and a half hours in this game thank like you, James. James James not real I don't know either. I I I feel like I ended up having to backtrack a lot and just like was just like interacting with the world very slowly mm-hmm. um I don't know I I was also looking for all of the um like rune the lore mm-hmm. the lore drops the lore the lore, yeah, the drops lore drops are so fucking ridiculous like okay am i the only one who thinks this because it's like <laughs> sitting there it's all these the voices Norsemen in your head say. yeah exactly <laughs> yeah, just, just, yeah my man drew the, the, the last but, one that he yeah. does in which he's like describing ragnarok yeah. and he sounds like i mean yeah. all right to be fair first of all side note drew's been through some shit so i'm not shit talking oh, yeah. truth hmm. but his his monologue at the very end about getting ready for Ragnarok and his voice just hits this level of like yeah yeah manic ness. Yeah. I'm just like, oh boy, buddy, you been Where, oh. But like, after that, I was just like, dude, or I want to go into battle. Yeah, yeah. I want to yeah. go for Ragnarok. I was about to I know, go I know. <laughs> the last rune is uh is pretty impactful. You want the world way, to do sure. what it says, like right? dissolve into the sea so, or whatever, like mm-hmm. and just go crazy yeah. in the darkness, like. Let's let's start this. Final so I was like looking for all shit. of them, and I didn't yeah. find them all. Ooh. Hmm. Yeah, I did. I don't think I, I don't did know. either, actually. Hmm. Yeah, I missed maybe. I think I missed like four in total. I missed. Yeah, I didn't look for any in the darkness though, because fuck the. Darkness. Oh hell no! Holy I was gonna say shit. I'm pretty sure there's probably one in the darkness where it. But I was in the darkness, and I was like, I'm. This is the one part of the game where I'm not exploring, and I'm just yeah. getting the fuck out of here. Yeah. I did like like he's 
describing what like Ragnarok will be like. I'm like, so like 2020s hit like six of these seven albums. Yeah, right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Should oh, I, I too be like doing concerned that or yeah. like? Yeah. I guess like I'll just keep like vibing. Yeah, exactly. Oh my god, yeah. you're like 2012. They just missed it by a couple of years. We, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. we should we should prepare ourselves for Ragnarok though, brothers and sisters. It's good to Senua. I don't think I don't think I've got that. Yeah, but did it? Okay, okay. The warrior spirit. Yeah, like you're totally right in the sense that there's definitely some like awesome storytelling, and definitely the last ones really hit and they really fit with like the narrative of the story and mm-hmm. like all that shit. But I swear some of the earlier ones, like especially like if you grab them on the way, like are just really bizarre tonally because yes. you're just like you're in the middle of this craziness and it's like let me tell you a story bro so there was this yeah. guy <laughs> and he was like on this island bro and you're like okay <laughs> like <laughs> and then yeah, like, he's like, like the, the drunk uncle <laughs> by the lore drops. Well, what i would do is i would just yeah. like i i was take i i kind of take every game that has these sorts of audio logs in the bioshock approach like i'll grab them i'll play them and i'll move forward and like i'll just generally like proceed at with like an interesting thing to think about as i go and then sometimes you know you run into someone okay i need to pause i'm not gonna like fight during this or whatever but like in this case if you get far enough away it just slowly like drains out and just like gets quieter and that was so fitting when he was just telling this story and i'm like in the middle of losing my mind it's just like slowly hey hey, so wait hey come back hold hold on like it's just slowly getting quieter it's like what the fuck but yeah Uh, for me i didn't find it like jarring at all the juxtaposition Mm -hmm. like to me it sort of felt like she's being reminded of the stories that he told her and she's trying to tune into that to like get out of the headspace she's in that's a good point Mm -hmm. i was definitely more in more in Raphael's boat with that so wait Raphael, i'm curious i want to go back to your experience because i feel like you have the Goldilocks experience, maybe, mm-hmm. where it's like you didn't need for this game to break free from the reins of uh, its development and marketing cycle and the gaming space at the time. And you didn't need any of that. You just got to come in with a fresh, totally new perspective and just experience it and without having it to you know make the largest case possible to sell itself Um for those eight hours like what was that like for you i'm just curious like did that make it land harder like do you think this was a good experience to come in blind uh i mean i guess it's it's hard for me to see the other side of that (laughs) um but i mean as an experience like it's it's it was definitely really interesting to me um i think i identify a lot with like it was very intense like I'm somebody who actually does get like auditory overload in somewhat normal situations. Like mm-hmm. if I'm in a crowded area and a lot of people are talking, sometimes it can just become overwhelming and I'll have to actually leave. Mm-hmm. Um, somehow this didn't trigger that for me. Um, I guess the, the voices were never that crazy. Um, although there were points where like Senyo was screaming in agony and that was pretty, yeah, unpleasant. Um, I think one of my friends like asked me like how was the game as I was in the middle of playing like is it fun, and I was like I don't think fun is the right word right for this exactly. Game. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, I would agree with that it's not fun. It's really interesting. I think the combat is fun. Okay, I didn't play the combat. Okay, so sure. It's really interesting and it's really engaging and it's super immersive, but it's not 
I wouldn't use the word fun. You brought this point up. It's it's very, it's mentally taxing. Like mm-hmm. I played this game in three, two and a half hour sessions. So three times, two and a half hours. And at those last of those two and a half hours, I was pretty drained each and every time where I was just like, oh, all right. Like, I'm good. I'm going to set this down. Like, mm-hmm. I never felt that compulsory, like, you know, got to keep playing, got to keep playing. It was more just like, yeah, it was just more like, you know, this seems like a good place to stop. I am happy stopping here. Mm -hmm. Let's pick this back up again tomorrow when I'm recharged. Like, yeah. yeah, I was planning to do that, but I ended up playing through the whole thing in one sitting. Wow. Oh, wow. And how did did that go? I'm curious. (laughs) Um, I mean, it definitely felt taxing, but I guess I just sort of pushed through that i guess and it didn't mm-hmm. get that much worse after that mm-hmm. um nice. well you really get to feel why they put the combat in here and the section i think that i want to highlight that shows it the most is the section where you don't have your sword and you have to go through all those different blue uh rocks mm-hmm. um shards, shards. Mm-hmm. right exactly yeah. um so that is a that's a taxing fucking section because it's gonna be that torture shit it ain't gonna be that combat shit where you feel that strongness and that power <laughs> mm-hmm. um it's gonna be that torture shit and so like spoken like a true dark souls fanboy thank you <laughs> thank you um <laughs> yeah i know <laughs> God, we gotta get that thing back online okay um but sorry yeah, no, no 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 it's just uh that like section uh I, I definitely felt like, okay, I think I want to take a break after mm-hmm. this. But then the second the combat came back in, I was like, oh, actually, they I hadn't um, truly appreciated it as much before. But the bouncing between combat and the other sections, I think, does a really, really good job at helping you get through some of the more mm-hmm. intense taxing parts. That doesn't mean you need to do it in one playthrough or anything. But it's like it does feel like it helps balance in a cool way. And for some reason, the comparison I want to make, it's just because it's top of mind, is actually observation. Like observation mm. has the exact same sort of flow, but it's just terminal puzzles instead of combat. Like it's taking you through a story, but it has something in between to slow you down and or change the pace and or make you feel differently. And I just like keep I was just thinking about that, like like in terms of like the combat really is here to serve this narrative and the rest of this mm. game experience. Um and to, to help from a pacing perspective, and everyone always says that, like pacing, pacing, pacing. But what does it mean? It really does mean helping you get through some intense stuff. Yeah. I also really like that they made Senua's... I mean, I, you just said like it, it makes you feel different. And the combat sequences really do feel different because Senua is such like a badass warrior. Mm-hmm. Like her mm-hmm. moveset yeah. looks so cool. Mm-hmm. Like she looks so cool like when you do that kick move or when you spin. And she's mm-hmm. so powerful in those moments. Like she's this super powerful badass celtic warrior woman and it feels like tonally really different from some of the really like sad scary super intense um kind of puzzly bits that you're going through um right and i think it really helps break up the the pacing but also like gives sanawa something else to her character so that she's not just this woman experiencing psychosis but she's also this like really strong badass warrior princess lady right like i always saw the combat sequences as kind of being more of a development of senua's character 
you would go through these mentally taxing psychosis beats of the of the narrative where she's being you know verbally abused and tortured by her father you the voices in her head are like you are you know just demeaning her you're getting a lot of really awful flashbacks but then you like get to a boss battle where you like get in front of a uh, of a boss and she says something like i'm gonna fucking kill you <laughs> like yeah. you are no match against me yeah. and to me i yeah. just saw that as her her character building and her getting out of this but, darkness and getting out and, of this uh out of this you know, just out of her headspace a little bit and i saw it as her building her strength where i was just like let's fucking go Senua and I I, kind of do want to like build off that a little bit we talk about kind of like the mental anguish but they do mention in the story that one of the reasons that she's such a good fighter is because of these voices in a way Mm -hmm. so it is that kind of division between them not like necessarily holding her back but being a a source of anguish being like a source of like this difficulty with her father with like just kind of fitting in and like her relationships with other people but you see her in this different capacity as a warrior and you're like this is this woman is formidable and it's not she's formidable in spite of like what she's experiencing she's formidable she's formidable because Mm -hmm. of what she has experienced i think i just think that dichotomy between like i think it would just be so easy to i think kind of portray like psychosis as this like it's a fucking bad time like type thing but i think it really goes to show and i think it shows that it 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 really shows that the developers met with these communities who actually have gone through these experiences and like experienced psychosis and knowing this like this is not a uniform negative experience i think there was Um, a really powerful segment of the feature where um, I forget the the person who was narrating like most of the feature. He says like, at one point I was thinking, well, like, why do we even have psychosis? Like, why hasn't it this right. weakness been <laughs> weeded out by evolution? And then yeah. he's like, well, mm. I realized I had the misconception that it was strictly a weakness. Right. Well, really, like, psychosis is about is about perceiving alternate versions of reality, and that same capability is what lets us like even come up with games and mm-hmm. all sorts of other art so like this game wouldn't have been possible without the foundations that also paved the way for hallucination mm-hmm. right i i liked that he brought that up in the feature just because i think that's like it's, it's hard to say that about yourself that that was your first notion but i think that's what most of our kind of our our first kind of impressions are that's what the stigma is yeah, is that yeah it's just always it's this negative thing stigma. that yeah. you have to overcome but otherwise i think this game yeah it does a great job of showing it's not necessarily something you have to overcome but it's something you can work with and mm-hmm. thrive from yeah. uh, in the right environments and the right circumstances yeah. and it, yeah it's not to say that you won't face stigma from your community because that's true today that's true in Senua's story as well but it, it's just kind of just giving you a more holistic view of what's actually going on that I think is uh, pretty impactful it's like they took two steps here like in a, in a world where they only really needed well they needed to take zero steps they wanted to at least take one step but they ended up taking two and like the first step is I think even if they had just say they hadn't did not understand what you guys had just communicated and instead perceived the stigma version, 
but then they perceived it in the way they did here, like they, with the arguing voices and like that. Where some they of really them, accurately depicted it. They really accurately depicted the negative component that we are maybe more familiar with. Like that still is a step forward here mm-hmm. and still mm-hmm. impressive. But they went further, you know, and that's I think what's cool is they went they tried to not just take it forward a little bit. They were like, let's let's do a good job here. And I think I want to just note like they did a good job here but it's like it's not just because they wanted to and i'm sure they did but it's because they saw the creative value of the real experience they're like this is actually cool like period and it is it's really fucking interesting when you play it like i we were watching that that feature together and i don't have like an eloquent way to say it but i'm so impressed rest with the work that they did to talk to people who have these experiences and try to really accurately depict them and taking their feedback and saying like these people actually know and these people also experience something that's really different and really um unimaginable to the rest of us and how interesting would that Mm -hmm. be to depict it in the game in a way that everyone can experience it and so that part of the feature i found really interesting where they they you know, took some, they took a quote that someone had told them and then they flashed the gameplay that represented that. That was so Mm -hmm. cool to see that all those weird parts of gameplay that you were watching being like, oh, that's a crazy visual glitch. Like, oh, that's a weird. But then to see someone's words saying like, that is what I see. That's what I experience in the world. And having to like having those people have then the power of being like, hey, that's me. Like, that's me in a video game. That's what I see and what I experience. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know. I don't have right. like a super eloquent way to say how cool that is, but it's just, it struck me when we were watching that. I, I think I turned to McCoy and was just like, this just seems like really good work. Like, what I think, awesome uh, the work. Quote, the quote from the feature yeah. that stood out to me for, I guess, for background of people who haven't seen the feature, uh, they went they went into depth. Of, they, they worked with folks who actually have psychosis as to like what their experiences were and what their perceptions of the world were but i think the quote that really stood out to me is from one of these uh folks that they consulted with and she just said you know yeah it's gritty it's meaty and there's some tough topics in it but they are covered truthfully Mm -hmm. and for me like there is a, a part of me that wish i had seen this feature even though it had spoilers like i wish i had seen this before i started playing yeah, what if this mm-hmm. is, what if because this is I the think, trailer i mean I don't, that doesn't quite work yeah. but you know what i mean yeah but it, it is one of those things it's mm. like when i was playing it for the first time there was still that kind of underlying fear it's like is you know is this actually contributing to stigmatization is this like a bad representation it's like i don't know that so when i saw the feature and that's why i recommended that every everyone on the podcast watch it it's just like it was so it really kind of did a a good job at being like no it's like they they did they did the like the leg work Mm -hmm. in this and it's like they could have just been like you know this is the story we're trying to tell and we're going to tell it but they went kind of the extra mile to make sure that it, it was a responsible and respectful um kind of representation of psychosis Right. So like one actually, of one of the things that I like that like somebody who is exper- who has experienced psychosis that she said in compliments to the game was she just said there is nothing tokenistic yeah about how they portray psychosis in this game like none of it I, I don't know I I just like that wording where it's just like it's not just like this is an all encapsulating thing yeah. like she's just like it it is it is me this is me mm-hmm. and this is my experience and here it is out there for and you and that's a huge... so, i'm sorry rafael oh, go ahead. I, I was gonna say to go back to mccoy's question to me earlier about like 
what was my experience like going into this without like thinking about the psychosis aspect so i wasn't playing through it thinking like is this authentic um i it just didn't even occur to me i i kind of had that thing in the back of my head being like this is kind of like those uh schizophrenia simulation videos but i didn't really think about like uh is this what psychosis is really like and it wasn't until i watched the feature that a lot of things that i had sort of thought were like gamey aspects of it like the hunt and find for the like find the runes Mm -hmm. in the Mm -hmm. landscape and stuff um that those were actually like trying to portray aspects of psychosis uh that kind of blew me away that Mm -hmm. like yeah senu was like reading meaning into the situation that isn't there so i guess like the reality of that situation would be like she could have just pushed through the door but the idea of the runes as something she needed to solve before she could do that was part of the delusion yeah Mm-hmm. And and they even mention this concept mm. that you're talking about in the feature, which is that they said, because look, dude, the rest of us, like we heard a million times, this is a great uh, depiction of mental health. That was probably like the tagline unofficially uh, when we were mm-hmm. looking at deliberations for this. But they said in the in the feature, like we did play testing for this game and people were like, mental health question mark, where is it in the game? Um, yeah. And then they were yeah. like, we're standing by that because you you wouldn't know it if you didn't mm-hmm. like you know what i'm saying like they're like this is real we yeah. did a good job here and so it can be subtle or it can be something that you wouldn't recognize because you haven't seen it depicted so we're staying with that and so that's why i kind of want to say like like my personal experience you know people have all sorts of discussions about canon what's canon what's not i think you have to watch the feature I to agree. get this game yes. at the fullest degree you have to and it will it will just repaint and refocus and recolor the whole experience mm-hmm. in a delightful way it made me like the game so much more mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. i think too like i hadn't realized sort of like Raphael was saying i hadn't realized that those um the rune puzzles were a part of the depiction of psycho like i didn't i didn't put those two together i was like oh this is a game thing that we're doing right now yeah. and then watching the um I almost said trailer the feature and like like realizing that like, oh they're trying really hard to depict a difficult to depict part of psychosis which is these delusions i was like oh actually that's really cool that they're trying to sort of weave it into every part of the game like i like that they took the concept of psychosis and didn't just put it in one place like it's not like you okay you just hear voices they really i think right. tried to weave it into the whole game to represent it sort of the whole way through and make it really full and i think they were really successful at it yeah and and I know and like the whole I mean the whole game is just one like like psychotic break I guess like mm-hmm. she's just so mm-hmm. destroyed by her husband dying that she goes on a quest into the underworld mm-hmm. right which is clearly just her her mind inventing this whole thing I I do feel like me as someone who has been very critical about certain relationships in video games in the past, I do have mm. to give two thumbs up to my man Dillian. Oh. It's like, I don't yeah. know if you can play this game mm-hmm. and not be like, Dillian, my man, you are the only man I have respect for. Like, Reasonable. Honestly, <laughs> Reasonable. It, 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 no. <laughs> you have heard me. I was about to say, no, 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 no. 
If you've heard me on this podcast in the past, you know that Owen from The Last of Us Part 2 has done me dirty. <laughs> and it has, it has kind of fucked up the way I look at video game oh, guys. No. Not Owen. real guys. Hashtag not all men. Hashtag not all men. Again, it is hate mail to tyranny of thumbs at yeah. gmail.com. We wrote the character No, you can just do Owen. it straight to, Owen. No, you can do it like straight to my, uh, my, my Gmail um, that I'm not going <laughs> to close here. Yeah. Um, but no, no, no. Can we talk about how the, the way they presented Dillian and I think, like, if we wanted to, and I'm not saying we turn this into a college, like, liberal arts gender studies class, but the way that they present Dillian is very contrary to this typical kind of, like, uh, like 13th century masculine man. It's, like, the fact that Dillian is so supportive, he's vulnerable, he's, like, I, I just think it, it, was, it was very cool that he was presented in that way in this video game. And I, I think, like, universally likable. Yeah. I mean, I don't yeah. see how you can't hate Dillian. And, or, oh, oh, yeah. oh, Sorry, sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 The monsters wow. and the voices, Jeez. and she hates yeah. Dillian. Yeah. Reasonable. <laughs> Daddy's girl over here. Jesus. Yeah. No, I, I don't see how you, how you could ever hate Dillian in this game, just because he is, he is Senua's light. Mm-hmm. in this whole game, yeah. and he is her driving force. Um, and these flashback scenes are so poignant with their interactions, just in the way that, yeah, he supports her uh, both in her psychotic episodes, but then also just in life in general. How, you know, he he is the one, uh, like Claire has mentioned, who mentioned, you know, the, the voices in your heads help contribute to you being the good warrior that you mm-hmm. are. Right. This, is, this is the beauty that can come from the voices in your head. And it echoes kind of what Senua was hearing from her mother in earlier years of her life that have long since gone. So he's just always the supportive force behind her. Um, you know, just, and, and that's just so refreshing to mm-hmm. see, definitely. Just when yeah. it comes to just any character in general, just a character with empathy, but then just, I think especially, as Claire's mentioned, just in the historical context of, you know, Nordic men, Mm -hmm. (laughs) like, it it is also cool to see that as well. Yeah, I would Mm -hmm. would just say to this, like, I I was actually nervous about this myself, maybe even, like, less than the depictions of mental health. Like, that sounds so crazy, but, like, seriously, like, because, like, there's... People are trying to understand what, like what I guess female empowerment looks like in media. They're like trying to figure it out. And one of the things that freaks me out is there's this like reaction that I have of like, wait, she's just doing this for a guy? Like, and I'm nervous they're going to do that that way. Mm-hmm. The way that you, th- mm-hmm. and that I'm reacting, but that's not the way they did it here, but I'm nervous that's the way mm-hmm. it's going to be. Um, and I'm especially nervous as a guy because I'm like, I don't want female empowerment to end up with a narrative that they're happy with that doesn't involve like me, if I want to be there, do you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I want to help too. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was really cool to see, like, oh, okay, cool. There is like a supportive person in there. I like think, they were yeah. they, they were in- able to weave that in. It's not just like the person alone. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, and they well, and they didn't make his character yeah. too much of like a white knight too. I think that's the other kind of right. trope that it's easy to fall into in these kinds of relationships is like. You know, okay, there's a woman with mental health problems. Here's this white knight who comes in and, like, tells everybody, you know. (laughs) And they didn't do that with him, you know. And they didn't do that with her either because she was this, you know, badass warrior and she was facing her fears and, like, literally slaying her demons on her own. 
Um, and it ended up being very empowering while he was very supportive and it didn't have to fall into that trap of like, he's the white knight who saves everything and without him, she is right. lost forever. Like yeah. it, it didn't do either of those. And I think that's, you know, yeah, lovely. It's so different from like the white knight style of like, I cleared the way versus like, I supported you to do the work you must mm-hmm. do. Like that's mm-hmm. just so different. And I just- It's a healthy relationship, yeah. guys. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, maybe. One of, yeah. The, one of the most relationship one of the most, goals. Uh, one of the most poignant quotes was um, one of the flashback scenes where Senua had a psychotic episode where she found herself in the forest. It was after the the blindness mm-hmm. puzzle, the the fuck this puzzle part of the game. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. But uh, Senua tells him like, I, "I heard your voice and you brought me back," and he just responds by saying, "You brought yourself back. I just provided hope." You know, mm. I, I gave you hope to bring to bring yourself to bring yourself back. And that slight change of phrase is just mm-hmm. so impactful because it just really goes to show how he's just like really trying to build her up in her own strength. You yeah. know, taking credit being in like, yeah, I did play a part, but also it was mainly you yeah. that did this. Acknowledging the work. And that is just yeah. that is so cool. I, I and it's really it's also that. in stark contrast to her father, well, who yes. <laughs> says that he alone is the pathway that the gods work through to cure her demons and her curse, mm-hmm. um, and like got the 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 village to burn her mother when she started refusing to allow him to torture her anymore. Um, hashtag and, fuck Zindel. Yeah, 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 fuck that guy. That guy's. Oh my god. But what it a voice, so though, guys. Oh, the right. voice actor for that. But role? it's like really good. It's like it's like I am your salvation versus I'm here to help. What do you need? Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. just so different. Yeah, <clears throat> that's a really interesting comparison. Hmm. Another aspect of this, which is is not on the content of their characters so much, but because these two characters were primarily delivered through voice lines and actually live action clips, yeah, um, I yeah. think this was the first time I'd seen a game actually use live action and interweave it with the CGI in a way that like made a lot of sense yeah. and yeah, like didn't didn't have visual dissonance. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I thought that was pretty impressive and goes back to McCoy's point about like, what if they had tried to make this 10 years earlier? Like that mm-hmm. would not worked at all. Yeah. Yeah. No, absolutely. I think too with that, I was thinking about that earlier with um, even just the set I was acting scenes, which are very clear. I think you can tell the difference in video games when something is like very clearly motion captured and very clearly like not and Senua's scenes are very clearly motion captured to the point where it's like a little bit arresting when you see them because she turns to you and they're just like they're so clearly a a person acting and not a video Mm. game character and so to me actually I thought it was like jarring Senua's scenes and the 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 live action clips that would come in I was like oh that's jarring but it works in this context of it being kind of these all these different visual things going on and all these different kind of distortions i thought it was actually like a just another way of kind of like giving you this jarring experience yeah um because i found it very yeah arresting both of those both the live action and the senate was not live action but like mo-capped 
right? I agree that they didn't fit together perfectly, but yeah, it makes sense in the the context of like one of them is her actually, and then the live action is like what's going on in her head actually. Yeah, exactly. Something. Like mm-hmm. it both doesn't mm-hmm. fit, and it fits perfectly in the context, but it like yeah, it, it there's some dissonance there. Well, this is like yes. I, so I agree with what you're saying, but it's interesting because like this has got to be the closest I've ever seen. I yeah, like I everything agree. else also is like really well done. honestly all live actions a fucking joke to me. Yeah, like just a joke. And by the way, I love jokes, so I'm down. Mm-hmm. But <laughs> this was not a joke. Although I was nervous again, like the first time you see, uh, I forget it's like the guy's Drew. I don't forget his name, but the guy's telling us all the stories. Drew. Yeah, you see Drew. his face. Drew. I'm like, this motherfucker <laughs> is a human being. Yeah, <laughs> like wait a minute. <laughs> That is a it. dude with a with a crow skull t- strapped to his head. Yeah, but it, but it works. <laughs> yeah. it, it totally does. Yeah, it's very jarring. Like, and then like Druth is like the one I guess like full form mo uh full form uh live action being you see first. But then I think like Dillian and her father, for that mm-hmm. matter, I did like the progression throughout the game of. Dillian's image and her father's image being fragments of them, but then as the game goes on, it becomes a more whole image. Yeah. Ooh, that's a um, good catch. Like oh. when you first hear the flashbacks of Dillian, all you see are like his eyes or oh, like yeah, a shoulder. Yeah. Like you know it's a you know it's a live action guy talking to her, but it's just fragments of it. And then as she's making along her journey and as she's, you know, kind of becoming, I guess, like more into herself, like the part where it really encapsulates is when she finally gets Dillian's head back after the fight with the mm-hmm. beast and she presses her head to the decapitated head, but she presses it, but then the decapitated head co- becomes a full-fledged image of Dillian for the first time. Mm. And I just thought that was so cool just how... Dillian used to be these fragments and he becomes maybe more of a fuller picture and then somewhat of a, you know, floating head and shoulders. And then he just becomes the full on live action body. But the progression to that made it like, I think if they presented Dillian as a live action guy right off the bat, interacting with CGI Senua, it would have been jarring. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But I think that progression really helped to accept that final image of them like touching foreheads. I think too it also goes along with, there were some, I can't quite remember where in the game it was, but it was before you see full, full Dillian, full shirtless Dillian in all his glory. Um, but there's there's um, a bunch of the of voice lines, the voices in your heads at one point that start asking you, do you even remember what he looks like? Um, right, and so I think yeah. I thought it was really cool that you, you're, yeah. you're questioning, like, do you remember what he looks like? Can, can you remember him? Can you hear his voice? Can you see his face? And then as the game continues, it's kind of like I feel like some of the end of this game is sort of Senua regaining herself and like finding her herself a little bit um, and remembering Dillian and being able to see his face. And it all kind of comes together. That's a really good point. Yeah, absolutely beautiful. Mm. And then at the same time, you know, the dad who has what I would argue to be one of the most menacing lower jaw lines in all of video games. It's not a goatee, but I thought it was a goatee for the longest time. Yeah, Yeah, it's actually just paint. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. Oh, it is? (laughs) Yeah, it's it's paint. Yeah, she has one as well at the beginning of the game. It starts to wear off, but yeah, it's, um, Mm. it's the blue paint. Good to know. Yeah. Good to know. Pills. I didn't know that it yeah. wasn't it's a soul, soul patch, patch until the um, not, uh, 
the film the feature. the feature at the end where you where you see the actor and I was like oh yeah, <laughs> yeah if there was anything yeah. that was jarring, oh if there was anything that was drawing it was watching those people in full broad daylight yeah, it was it was <laughs> really bizarre <laughs> like the like, mom Drew, in particular looks hilarious yeah like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well so does he I didn't quite realize like how many feathers and things he was wearing. And then yeah. you're kind of seeing, you're like, oh, this, and how much makeup he was wearing. And yeah. you see him in full, like, studio lighting. You're like, oh, that's super funny. <laughs> yeah. And he's looking crazy at you <laughs> in the yeah, camera, exactly. too. Yeah. Oh, God. Oh, that guy was in character as makeup was being put on him. I yeah. loved it. I, love I was it. just yeah. like, Truth. you go, Drew. Yeah. That's the other you're thing good. I feel like we touched on a little bit, but we, like, should maybe, I don't know, give a brief moment to is just how good some of the acting is in this game. And I think Senua in particular, as... I found her very jarring when she would turn to look at you into these scenes, but that woman goes so full out yeah. with her scenes. I, respect. That like is it something I, I personally like just could not do. Mm-hmm. And but this woman is like really makes it believable and makes it uncomfortable for you to watch and experience because she just like is full on screaming. Yeah. Like you really she, feel like she she's was... having a breakdown. She was saying at first, like, when I, like, this is her talking, it's like, when she was doing, like, her first kind of mocap scenes when I don't think she was officially Senua yet, but she was like, I had all my colleagues, like, turn around and look away just because it was, like, super vulnerable and kind of, like, super awkward at the same time of, like, doing this around your work colleagues. So Right, because she was their video. Yeah, you doing this in front of all your coworkers. Yeah, (laughs) she was just talking about, like, kind of, like, that vulnerability of, like, okay, please don't look at me. Like, I'm going to do this. But she, she did talk later, and this was in a different feature that she did, um, that she would like go out in the woods and practice like these scenes, nice. like, which I love cool. just the image yeah. of this woman practicing like Senwa's dialogue in the middle of Can a Can you imagine forest. having like been like, a hiker seems... and like wandered yeah. upon that? Yeah. And, like, <laughs> <Yeah>. oh, <laughs> yeah. like, liberal arts is here. <laughs> we need to call 911. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, they have a, they have a yeah, great no. line too about her, and I, I can't remember exactly what it is, but it's basically just saying like it's during her transition from video mm-hmm. editor to, I mean, fuck it, she might have still video edited too, who knows, but. Um, oh she did yeah awesome (laughs) she's like great great take let me just grab that one yeah but she like they were like she need not act in classes she just needs to find inside of her like the pain or something and it was just like it was just hinting at whatever and it's just it just was powerful she did i mean she just she really delivered she deserves the bafta for that performance that's Mm -hmm. it's crazy Yeah, yeah, I I don't know, man. I think back to when I was a kid and like I was like in plays and stuff, and like acting at least at that time for me was like it's not it's um it's like something that is just kind of taken from you in time if you don't like if you don't like return to that well of like childhood like in as a child it's like fine, but as an adult you're like I mm-hmm. I look ridiculous. Don't look at me. Like there's all that stuff that just eventually piles on. And it's just, it's always so amazing to me when someone has done the work or in this case, maybe just did the work after the fact to like uncover and take away all of that. Like, I shouldn't be acting like this. I shouldn't like, this is weird. Like, no, I'm like a very reasonable, normal adult and just take all of that <laughs> off and just be and just like live in the moment and give it your all. Oh my God, it's amazing. Um, right. Yeah. Well, and like, and, and one thing I've noticed just in this as well I think a lot of what maybe and I'm, it leads to the discomfort for me. I'd be interested if it's the discomfort for you guys as well. Just in Senua, Senua's strife is like 
a lot of these very emotional scenes are very drawn out. Mm-hmm. Like where she is on the ground sobbing and she is sobbing for probably a solid 30 45 seconds which seems short when I say it now but you actually watch it as the time goes by and you're kind of like watching the clock ticking down you're like this is going on really long and she's still sobbing and I just feel awful and I feel uncomfortable like one thing I'm thinking in particular is at the very end of the game when after you kind of get overwhelmed by your last fight and she's still kind of facing Hela, and she's like, please, like, you know, there's got to be a way for me to get Dillian back. And then she's just kind of cradling his head, and she kind of balls herself up, and she sobs, and she does that for so long before then the cry becomes a laugh, where she's mm-hmm. like, you think I believe you? And But still, yeah. like, that's the thing. This game studio did, did not shy away from, like, cutting down those scenes for a time. Yeah. They're like... We're going to have a five second cry and then next line. Like they're like, no, you're going to sit here and you're going to watch this woman's pain and suffering for a minute. (laughs) And it's going to be a literal minute and you're just going to watch her. She rides on the ground sobbing (laughs) like, ugh. (laughs) it's it's a bold decision for sure. But like, I think it's a welcome one in this context. This game is just bold. It just doesn't Mm -hmm. give a fuck, man. It just doesn't give a fuck like about all that shit. Like, that, that to me is the, like, editing equivalent of their gameplay decision to not include level-up items and all that other bullshit. They're just like, fuck those modern games. Fuck the way they're made. Yeah. They don't land. You want a loot box? Okay, a loot box, though. <laughs> Ooh, yeah. But, but something I wanted to... That's what I'm hoping to see in Hellblade 2. Exactly. She's like, fuck, I got another chest piece. I was looking Micro for a... Microtransactions. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god, if if Hellblade 2 has like, you know, Senua can now like buy a second second uh sword, you know, she can either get the green light up yeah, exactly. sword or the blue light up sword. I'm gonna be like, I'm out. I, I get know, out of dude. Here. I can <laughs> see them like running into financial troubles and being like, Okay, so we had initially we had really awesome outfits that we made for her, but we're gonna do the Burger King tie-in. <laughs> like, you can walk through this game with a fucking Burger King fucking outfit on if you want to. Oh god. <laughs> So one thing I will say about these long, drawn out, and they're not cutscenes, because mm-hmm. I guess they don't really cut, or sometimes they do, but like it's like they don't feel like cutscenes, because cutscenes feel like that thing in between the gameplay. No way, this is not that thing in between the gameplay. This is like the game, and like one thing that I really appreciate. It's a very, very subtle thing, but I think it's it just shows like this attention to detail that I think is beautiful. Is they, um, and I, I never press start. But I did press A, which is, is or X on the PlayStation controller, the con- the continue button on kind of almost accident. Like my hands are just there and they like, in some of those uncomfortable scenes, maybe want to move even. And it's like, you just, mm. I realized you can press buttons. It will, nothing will skip this for you. Nothing will accidentally ruin the whole fucking playthrough because you accidentally pressed A on a cutscene that matters. Like no fucking way. I don't even know if you can pause them. Maybe you can, maybe you can't. I never tried. Um, but you can't accidentally nervously or intentionally just press a to like get out no you are like in that thing and they kind of let your hands free because like my hands as a gamer like want to press buttons Mm -hmm. they just they just do and so you have to like sit there and discipline yourself in other games because they'll like skip them in other games you know they'll like float something up in the corner like well hold a to skip this and it's like no they're not you're not skipping this shit 
this is the game. This is what you're here for. And I just think that's really cool. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Wow. Okay. Did we? So do like we kind of talked a little bit about the story a little bit. Like, are we are we there and just kind of? I mean, I we we, we I guess the thing is like we've kind of already talked about like this. This is a story where it's not a literal representation of what's happening. She hasn't actually gone to hell to get Dillian back, but this is all a manifestation of her own mind and the experiences that she's had. But like, yeah. Or is the future says it is accepting, her accepting that he's dead. Yeah. yeah. Her reality. Yes. And so like, I'm just curious, like I, I'm just curious what your guys's most impactful moments of the game were for you guys. Like, because for me, like, I think the most impactful part is just that final fight up to Hela was the part that just hit me the most. Only because it is a boss battle where you are destined to fail and you need to fail to progress the story. And yet you keep fighting and that idea of just you will stop at nothing to get what you want, but you will ultimately fail is such a poignant moment for me as a gamer because I just felt devastation when I died in that boss battle just because I was like trying so hard. I was like lasting for like, I don't know, 10 minutes of like all those waves of enemies. And I was just like, I'm going to get to this fucking Hella. She's sitting right there with her fucking gaze. Like I'm going to get her. And like, I don't know, like that whole last run up to the boss with the soundtrack and everything. <laughs> I know. It's so... just like an anime boss battle feel, but really mm. cool. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it was so cool. And like, again, like, I, I, th I would give credit to just, you know, the again, just the, the combat along with the music, I think. Because for whatever reason, whenever I focused in that battle, the light and the slow motion just seemed to hit on the beats of the music so well where I was just feeling epic mm. as fuck. It, it was one of those <laughs> moments I was kind of previewing this game for Zoe. I'm like, there is this moment at the end where like the music hits and you're just like, I love video games. <laughs> it's fucking awesome. And when I am like, when you're having that kind of conversation with Hela and you're like super just kind of like, you're defiant and you've got this very different music than what's been playing for the rest of, of the game. I, I was feeling jacked up, folks. Right. I was, I was, I was excited. So I would say, Claire, that's your also your most like memorable moment. It of is, the game. It's yeah, just yeah, that yeah, lead yeah. Up. It, yeah. It was just it was mm. it was made so distinct by, first of all, the obviously the change in the music, but also the change in the character herself. Um, like kind of like throughout the entire game, you have this kind of sense of doubt. Like, there's this distrust that she has with like herself and these voices, and like she hasn't unpacked all this stuff with her dad, and like and and just stuff like that. And so you hit this kind of pinnacle moment. All that stuff is by the wayside now. The music like kind of hits in. And you're like, okay, this is this is a formidable moment. This is going to be memorable at, from like a gaming perspective, right? Yeah. Absolutely. So I'm curious with you guys. Like, was there that kind of moment for you guys at any point in the game? Whether it was yeah. like a depressive moment or maybe a uplifting moment, like. I had I had a totally different experience with that final boss battle. Um than you guys i 
so I played the first two gates, um, like two weeks ago, and then last weekend, thinking like that was like half of the game, um, and then played the rest of the game last night, uh, not really giving myself enough time to do that, and I ended up at that boss battle like pushing one in the morning. Um, yeah. totally <laughs> yeah, exhausted. Okay. Um, and so I was really empathizing, uh, with, with Senua just being totally yeah. exhausted. Like we have to finish this. We have to finish this. Um, and, um, that, that boss battle was like, it, it was a really incredible experience, but it wasn't like, it didn't, it didn't like strike a power chord with me. It, it, it was like this just kind of exhausted and exhausting like fight against the inevitable um that was um just like i i personally felt run ragged by the time i got there um i think that fits like in your own experience of it Oh yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. It was like it was very very fitting, but it wasn't it wasn't like like uh, a powerful moment. Uh it it didn't it didn't make me feel powerful. It made me feel um the weight of inevitability. Um mm-hmm. <clears throat> more. Yeah. Um my experience yeah. was kind of similar to that. Um I don't think I was quite as exhausted um but like realizing that you were supposed to fail like and that's what triggers the ending that was actually a huge relief for me mm. <laughs> yeah. um and i i think that's actually like kind of in character i mean it's not like really a relief it's not yeah. like all of her troubles are over relief it's like it's like this is the end i have yeah. nothing else to give like yeah. i'm going to do this bargain and then there's going to be an outcome yeah yeah especially Mm -hmm. when if you actually do succeed at that combat for even a minute you're like i mean i hate to be like but i don't want to do this again (laughs) you know what i'm saying like i'm done i gave it my all like i don't (laughs) even know if i can beat this try the next time probably can what if i can't oh fuck are we gonna be caught in a combat cycle Mm -hmm. here right at the end no yeah no yeah and i think i got really far in that combat too where like literally multiple copies of surter and um, the illusion god were showing up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I was there forever. Yeah. <laughs> I, like, and I feel like I didn't get to that frustration level. Like, not frustration with the game, but, like, frustration with myself. Just, like, I I, I, I don't play video games enough to be, like, okay, this is actual bullshit. But I was just, like, okay, <laughs> I'm clearly, it's, like, this is exhausting me, and it just means I'm a fucking noob, and I just got, so I swear on my life, I was fighting those things like near Hela for 20 to 25 minutes. Wow. And so every time I get like knocked out Whoa. or like knocked down and like you could die or you could like get back up and like the voices are literally saying, it's like, give up. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. like this is it type thing. I'm just like, wait, fuck yeah. you. <laughs> like I oh, get up God. again and you can tell like the game was just kind of <laughs> <Okay>. like, 
hey bitch <laughs> give yourself a break yeah I was like, can you can you get the message like there's nothing me, going on here for me i was like trying to dark souls figure it out where i was like okay every time i kill something more guys populate maybe i need to find my way towards hella and maybe i need to start hitting hella yeah. like at this yeah. point and i'm like going to her and i'm like trying to hit and her sword like the sword's just going through hella at this point i'm like okay well that's while you like it. are um, awkwardly but- locked on to some random motherfucker behind yeah. you <laughs> yeah, yeah. it's like I trying to like too. scan the lock on to hella and i'm like okay hella's not a lock on option but i feel like i need to start hitting her because these guys keep populating <laughs> And honestly, like, I'm not going to lie. I threw my controller down in frustration when I first died just because I was just, like, kind of like what everyone else was thinking. Like, I, I can't do this again. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I don't want to have yeah. to go through the reps again. I've gone so far. This is near impossible. Yeah. yeah. But I, I just thought that was a really... So, yeah, go ahead. Oh, yeah. I was just going to say, like, I awkwardly, like, took a big hit, like, within the first 10 seconds of the battle <laughs> and <laughs> fell down. And, um, and then, and, and I heard those voices saying like, give up in a way that they never had before. And I was like, oh, I bet this is a battle where you have to lose. And then I got back up (laughs) and started fighting for like 10 minutes, maybe not quite that long. And I was like, yeah, the way that the enemies are respawning feels (laughs) like that's exactly correct. Like they would not set it up this way if you weren't supposed to lose. And so yeah. I kept going on for a little bit longer, and then I was like, "Screw it, yeah. I'm taking a dive, <laughs> taking a knee right here." Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but, but you have to think of a- who you want to go out to. Do you want to go out to the little like chums who you faced in like level one, or do you want to go out to like one of the big axe guys? Yeah. yeah. Well, well, I wanted I wanted to like die for real, and then I realized that I probably just wasn't going to for a really long time. Um, cause like the sword is so strong, that new sword yeah. is so mm-hmm. strong. And, um, and like I had gotten good enough at the combat at that point that I was like, okay, this, this will take a while. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. I just didn't want to die to the fucking hook guys that like dive at you and like do triple attacks. Cause I'm the, like, these the guys, guys, those guys are crazy. Not the, it's oh, like that they're like, guys us. are a pain in the Wait. ass. I don't know. They're, they're hooks or not scythes, but it's like. The guys who like oh. go invisible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The guy who's like wearing yeah. no pants. Yeah. Like, it's way too much butt cheek. I love what I wanted in this <laughs> highlight game. of reasonable. Oh, <laughs> reasonable. No wait, but well, so I didn't play that final combat section. Obviously, I don't do combat. I watch. I'm a I'm a voyeur. Okay, of, reasonable. Of you saw some butt cheeks. Saw some butt cheeks. I had a great time during that. But I was thinking about Zoe's original question for the past like, you know, several minutes as you guys were talking about that. Um, and I, I, so I had like a couple of different answers, but one moment in the game that I found really affected and I can't quite put my finger on why, but like that has really stuck with me is as you're starting to sort of, you can tell you're getting near the end of the game. And I think you're in that like big cavey area before, and you're trying to put the bridge together before yeah. you get to Hella. There's a moment where the voices in your head start wondering about what happens to them if you die. Mm-hmm. <gasps> And at that point, yeah. I was, like, really sort of fond of the voices. There are sort of, yeah. like, three mm. main ones. There are two female voices and then I think a male voice who are, like, kind of just there all the time. And they're, like, telling you, like, behind you. Or, like, hey, watch out. Or, like, oh, what's she doing? She can't do it. And I was kind of, like, attached to them. And so they start going, like, wait. Like, she's going to go sacrifice herself. Like, she has to. And they're discussing your fate. 
And they're like, wait, but what happens to us? And then as you walk up to that mirror, they're all Mm -hmm. really sad. They're like pleading with you, being like, I don't want to die. Like, I'm scared. Like, and it's the first time you hear them kind of talk about themselves as opposed to talking about you. Mm -hmm. And it, I don't know, it's really stuck with me as like a really sad and poignant moment. Um, And like a really different perspective on it of like, it's this weird, really complicated version of death and sort of what mm-hmm. these little things are and how fun you know i was really attached to them i liked them so that one has stuck with me as being like a a memorable moment from the game and a very much a perspective shift in terms of like i think the beginning you're like well get rid of these voices they're driving me crazy um and by the end i was like oh <laughs> no my little voices mm-hmm. so well and, and the most poignant part about that scene i think is so like Senua walks up to that first mirror and then I think like the embodiment of all of her voices comes at her in Senua's Mm -hmm. form and starts talking to her but what's key about that is they start echoing the same sentiments that Dillian says to you in earlier scenes where it just says like you know people are afraid of what they cannot see they will try to fill the void with anything to like help them explain the unexplainable like verbatim they repeat exactly what Dillian has said which I thought was so interesting just because Dillian is always this voice of reason to us as the player and now the voices themselves have become that voice of reason before you walk through that gate and decide to like silence them Mm -hmm. forever which I thought was just so poignant and just I, I didn't catch it my first playthrough I caught it when I was just watching back on on cut scenes and trying to like piece together the story a little bit more. Uh, but that was just one moment where I was like, the voices have actually internalized yeah. what Dillian has told her in life. And now they are trying to encourage her the same way. You know, that's, I don't know. I, I, I didn't catch that the first couple, but the first two times I played. So the, the, when you pointed it out, so when we were talking earlier, I'm like, Oh, that's notable. <laughs> I don't know what it means yet, <laughs> but like that, that feels intentional and yeah I, I think that was a kind of a good uh kind of just like that you can weaponize anything that like you you've thought or you've experienced type thing right yeah yeah i guess okay i will step up and also bring up an experience although not as awesome as these that you've mentioned. I did enjoy those experiences that you mentioned, but let's add some variety here. I I just want to, we've mentioned it lightly, I want to bring attention to the beginning scene again. Mm -hmm. That was just stunning. That was the other one I was debating with. The first time you start to hear those voices and you are paddling up is so, sorry, you tell your way, but I was also thinking about that. No, but you're right though. Like it's, um, it's, for me particularly, I like scenes where you can control the camera now, that, those are scenes that you see people online that are like maybe have millions of YouTube subscribers or whatever do the just dumbest fucking camera movements and just ruin the experience <laughs> in every possible way. But for me, I'm like feathering the joystick to try to like highlight the hanging it's corpses. It's cinematography. Or, yeah, just like because I'm enjoying the aspect of like mm. I get to add to this work. And if I can see your vision, I can add to your vision. And so it's like trying to do that here to showcase. And so I just did this like slow labored look between left and right based on what was important coming up uh, and just really highlighting it and sometimes lingering on it a little bit extra until you're pulled away from it. And it's just it was just delightful. Um, And so it's just like one of those things where it's like 
I know we've talked about it a million times. I'm not going to bring the name up again. But I just mean you, like, look at it and you're like, oh, yeah. Like, if you thought this was an action game, you're right, but you're wrong. Like, you're really wrong. Mm-hmm. And you're you're maybe not welcome here. <laughs> or maybe you won't enjoy it. That's what I'm trying to say. <laughs> or you're going to have a very interesting experience that you weren't expecting. Yeah. But, like, I'm sitting there like, oh, yeah. sh- all right. It's this, eh? Mm-hmm. Like, this is cool. Um, and so, and just, like, the way that they, just everything. Even, like, the way, because, like, you know, there's people's fucking names and credits and shit going on there while you're, like, in the middle of that mm-hmm. experience. And... It just it's just all super well done. They hang their names on particular focal points in a beautiful way in the space of the game. It's just it's just awesome. Um, so I, I I really loved that and I loved how that's another scene by the way that takes forever. And I say that in a good way, but you notice it. It's like your your gamer clock is like I'm bored. I need XP. Like what's happening? Um, and no, not at all. Instead, it's just like you have to just soak in this moment and this ex- where you are, and just like you are where this character is, and you don't know much about her, but you're gonna learn, and so like deal with it. So I'll, I'll bring that that one. James and Raphael, I know you guys like kind of chimed in on the final battle. Was that the most impactful moment for you guys, or did you guys have like other memorable moments you wanted to just? call out that just really struck you i mean i think we kind of talked about the ones that that have stuck with me the most um over the course of the podcast um like running from the beast in the darkness Mm -hmm. was um really impactful especially thinking about like imagining if that was how i experienced like like, cause you know, when you're a kid and you like go down into the basement and then somebody turns <laughs> off the light and you're like, there are monsters down here. I need to leave instantly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, just like remembering that experience. But like, if that's just my experience of the darkness, like that was so horrifying to me to, to imagine that as even like some of the time, um, was uh just just really really intense um and uh and moving yeah. okay wait okay hold on building on that for a second i just wanted to bring one more thing to our attention it's just that they do like such like i want to say like cliche stuff but they do it super well like they did yo afraid of the dark but like in a badass way, and they did yo afraid of heights <laughs> in a badass way. I wanted to bring up so heights good. as well. I, I am scared of heights, and the height scenes in this game are very accurate. The voice is going, "Don't mm. look down." Yeah, <laughs> and you're like, "I can't right. help it." Yeah, or, or the voice is starting to panic as you get further down the plank, where they're just like, "Oh my god, oh my god, she can't do it, she can't do it, she can't do it," and you're just like, "I actually Stop, fell please. off of the first one <laughs> oh, because no. I didn't you realize fall? you were supposed to correct." Yeah, you can. Oh, I fell and I died there. These games. And it was horrifying. <laughs> oh, God. Like, oh. That's your the favorite. anguished scream and crunch. Oh, yeah. oh. oh God. God. It's pretty awful. I am so glad, Reminds McCoy, like, that you are a pro gamer. I fell off one of them. Which one did I fall off of? Was, is the first one, like, fairly late into the game? No. No, the first one is, like, right before you even get to, like, the two doors yeah. to get to the two So houses. you're, like, on the beach walking under oh. the bridge, and then there's, like, the stone staircase up, and then yeah. a narrow, like, oh, beam Oh, I didn't across. even... See, 
I didn't even realize it was a gameplay mechanic until fairly late in the game where I just <laughs> fell off and was like, what? <laughs> what? So I, I wonder if, so I actually played this with mouse and keyboard because I like, I looked up online first, like, see, like, is this really a controller game or a mouse and keyboard game? And most of the information I found said like mouse and keyboard is pretty good. And if you prefer that, go with that. Um, so I was just like holding W to yep. walk down those things. Yep. And that did not work um, <laughs> on the first one. Huh. <laughs> and so yeah, yeah, I was I was chief. I was playing at a on a controller because I wanted to like lean back. Yeah, just um, chill, you know. <laughs> yeah. Get them show vibes from this game. Yeah, yeah. for yeah. sure. Oh man, I cannot imagine playing this on. I guess I can, but it it was actually pretty good. The only other point that um felt a little off was you were talking about like looking around in the initial scene yeah um it, it felt like they did the mouse control and that more like a controller joystick where like i had to keep moving the mouse if i wanted to keep looking in a direction because ah. it would pull it back mm. and that ah. so i ended up just not looking around much because it was it didn't feel very good you're like scraping your mouse pad over and over again like just trying to like, <laughs> like stay left yeah, yeah. You have like the Counter Strike mouse pad, and you have to give yeah, like the yeah, full yeah. swiping motions. Like I, I tried playing this game on mouse and keyboard for the first like ten minutes of the game, and I quickly switched back over to controller because I just couldn't stand the mouse movement all that well. Um, mm. yeah. Plus, dude. But, so the Raphael, other thing did that you I have wanted a... to say oh, yeah, about the darkness, sorry, that I kind of realized um, as I was talking about it that it was part of it was um, that. It was during that point, part of the game, that she starts thinking about her father's uh, impact on her life and her experience. Um, and how that, like, th the combination of that, I kind of was expecting actually the darkness boss to be like her father. Mm. Um, oh. And, um, but instead it was more of a, I, in my opinion, like a metaphor for the, for that kind of experience but yeah trauma yeah oh man exactly also i think i don't know man if we're talking about different dimensionalities though there's something to be said for the the rumble of a controller man uh oh right yeah okay um wow I know we we have all said our our memorable moments that we didn't let Raphael say his if he has one that yeah, he wants so, to share. Yeah, sorry, I'm not sure I had a single like most impactful moment. Um, I mean, some of the ones that you mentioned were pretty impactful for sure for me. Um, there was like an a, an interesting one though, um, which was like in the zone where there's like the uh, dark and stormy version of the world, and then there's like the afternoon sun version mm -hmm. of the world yeah and when mm -hmm. you first go into it the mm -hmm. voices are like oh it's kind of nice here like can we stay mm -hmm. but dillian's in the other yeah. one um mm -hmm. and i didn't i mean i still don't really know quite what to make of that but it, it kind of suggests that like at this point in her journey like sticking to dillian although he was like her point of reference for light it's also kind of pulling her back into the darkness yeah um, so yeah, I mean, I think I want to mull that part over a bit some more, but it was just a, an interesting part. Right. And, and like that part really like 
kind of also connecting that to the feature, how they were talking about how, like, people with psychosis will try to see, like, patterns and, like, movements in the world uh, that, you know, people usually cannot see. You know, they'll, they'll try to make sense of a world by, like, you know, just seeing it in these, like, shifting patterns and movement. Like, I thought that was a beautiful representation of that, of just, like, you know, this way is blocked in this perspective, but if I shift in this sort mm -hmm. of way, there's suddenly a staircase. And I just thought that was, like, a beautiful representation of that concept of just how people with psychosis could possibly see the world um, and how they move about the world as well. Like, mm -hmm. that, that was really impactful, I agree. And yeah, just the fact that, like, no matter what you do, the voices are just always disappointed in you <laughs> also helps. It's just like, Jillian's in, in the, the other, other one. <laughs> oh, you're in this yeah. world now. This world sucks. I hate this world. You're a failure. Oh, I love yeah. this, but Jillian's not here. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh. Why'd you let him get away? Why'd you let him leave? Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> oh, Go after man. him. Oh, God, the one thing that I feel like actually isn't intentional that the voices do to mislead you is in combat. They're like, it's almost done when someone is about to die, but not when the combat encounter necessarily is about to be over. Right. Yeah. <laughs> that yeah. person's almost done. Yeah. Not um. <laughs> you lied. It's like that in the like the kind of uh, the scene where there's like the arms like. Oh, yeah. Mm. It's. Are you talking about the sea of corpses? Yeah, sea of yeah. corpses. It's just this almost like endless stream of people you have to fight. They're like, oh, finish it. I'm like, girl, we've got like 25 points. <laughs> I know, I know. <laughs> By the way, I saw in the feature that they were wearing a VR headset. Is this game in VR? Yes. They yep. released a sure VR is. version of oh, that shit. I thought it's gotta be <laughs> Holy shit. insane. See, I think that would be overstimulating for me. I'm not sure Dude, if I I'm can handle do that. It. Yeah. Let's go. We should do it. That'd be crazy. I, you have I want to look up in some of those places, man. Between Holy like the because the audio is already incredibly immersive, but yeah. then and the visual experience mm -hmm. is too, but having it be truly immersive in terms of VR. I think that's... Think of that Think of that place where all the hands are. We were just talking about it. Yeah, yeah I don't want that to hands. be in VR. I am thinking of that place. Yeah. I don't want that in VR. <laughs> I know, but like, oh my God. And like that... My question though, like how much of the game is affected by you not being able to see Senua though? With it being in VR. Oh. oh. That's a good point. Like, or, or are you able to still see Senua, but maybe just have more yeah, of, kind of, like of a, a flyover? VR look around no her? Yeah. Although you know, yeah. like when when point. she's running around and stuff, like I guess I guess, dude, we should we should hey, research this. Hey, if you know this, the like... answer to that, you can write into us at tyrannyofthumbs at gmail .com and we will read that <laughs> answer and let everyone know on the next podcast. Oh, great, cool. Also, comment, like, and subscribe below. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, but it's it's uh, yeah. What was the point? Doesn't matter. I don't know. That, I yeah, derailed yeah, yeah, it, yeah, but yeah, yeah, someone yeah. has but, to pimp the yeah, the yeah, Gmail. Yeah, yeah. No, but like, I. I'd be very curious what the VR experience is like because in this. Because so much of it is, like, putting you in Senua's position. And so, like, I feel like kind of transplanting yourself might not be the same experience. But at the same time, it could be a lot more, like, kind of tactile and, like, sens like, like sensory. Mm -hmm. Thank yeah. you. <laughs> like, uh, like oh, overwhelming. Yeah. yeah. And, and that's, like, dude, we're approaching our own personal lines at a rate mm -hmm. that is whatever it is, but our lines are all probably different. But like, you know, when you say, when someone says, is this game fun, right? It's like, 
uh, mm. at times. But like, fun may be the wrong word, but I enjoy mm-hmm. intense experiences like this. Yeah. I enjoy them. Maybe they're not fun. I enjoy yeah. them. But there is a line somewhere. But like, it's weird because it's like, everyone's personal line it's like do you turn the lights off like do you turn the sound yeah, up right. do you yeah mccoy and i had that conversation today where last night we were playing it when it was dark and they were playing the darkness section and it's definitely more impactful mm-hmm. when it's truly dark in the room and it's dark on the screen it's like you know um and then you're like, should and we turn the light on or yeah this this makes me think of something that they say in the feature they mentioned that video games are really like particularly situated to tell stories like this very well because when you play a video game you become that Mm -hmm. character in a way that you don't when you're watching tv or watching a movie so when you're dealing with topics like psychosis and mental illness and things like that like video games are a different medium in which to kind of convey that experience and it does make me wonder about like what kind of experiences are going to be able to be told through through that medium in the future i think that's kind of exciting and like if they do it as well as the folks um did in this game here and doing it in a very respectful way i think video games can prove to be a very kind of interactive medium in which to experience different people that makes realities. me remember an article that i read about vr recently enough that i remember it but they were it was a, it's a bunch of psychologists who are using vr to do a lot of different kinds of research and one of the things sure. that they've been Figuring out is just how quickly your brain accepts the reality being presented to you in VR. So, for example, it's very easy mm. for them to make you feel that you are taller. So I'm a short person. I'm five, like 5'2". Mm. But if I were to put on a VR headset and they were to put me in a world where my perspective was something where I was 6'2", it would not take very much time for my brain to be like, hey, I'm 6'2", like I'm tall. Yeah. Um, and to really become okay. really immersed in that experience, which makes me both more afraid of the VR experience of this game and a little bit more curious about it. Of like, mm. I bet that your brain very quickly accepts this as what's happening to it. Well, it's really classic. I mean, one of the classic yeah. experiments is they would wear glasses, make you wear glasses that flips your world upside down. Mm-hmm. And like, you can adjust to that, bro. Like, you can look at the world upside yeah. down oh, and just be chilling in a bit. I think you can do yeah. the same thing with skin color. Like, they can put you in a VR body that has a different skin color from you. And, like, somewhat quickly, your brain is like, yep, this is me. I got it. This so, is who we are now. So that's why mm. a really key word that Claire used is respectful. And I think we've echoed it. But, mm-hmm. like, these experiences can, on- can only, I would assume, get more pa- powerful with the technology is what I mean to say. And, like, that is dangerous like literally dangerous and i i mean that and like that's why i don't like jump scares personally because i don't feel like it was a respectful thing that you did with my mind when i gave it your my attention do you know what i'm saying like i don't respect that (laughs) yeah like that was cheap but not just was it cheap it just it just kind of hurt i can feel the fucking like anxiety like pump through my veins for a second before it flushes out my body i'm like thanks i could do that if i wanted to but i don't um but here, these 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 people might be able to do something with these extra tools. They've clearly brought extra technological tools to the table. And so I would think they might be able to do a terrifying but respectful job of giving this experience. And I think that I think that would be exciting. Like like it's it's only gonna get more dangerous for us to play random games as technology gets better and better, and we can just randomly find one that actually just scares us to our actual core. 
but these people that are doing it well, like it it feels like a conscious, respectful walk through this, um, I think. And so, mm-hmm. so maybe I don't know. Maybe they're next game. You know? Yeah. Oh. I I will certainly be interested to see how Hellblade how how Hellblade Two pans out. Because my big question is just how do they innovate on this concept while still having it be in this respectful vein? Like, my question is just, like, what more can they do to exemplify psychosis that they just haven't already shown? Mm -hmm. Because, like, Mm. you know, obviously I don't experience psychosis. So for me, I'm like, wow, they just, they gave it their all in Hellblade. So it'll be interesting in Hellblade 2 to see what more they have been able to innovate I on. think especially kind of considering, like, even just looking at the end of this game, Senua's Sacrifice, it's like at the very, very end before kind of like the op- the, the ending credits kick in, the voices are back in your head, but they say it's different. Yeah. It's yeah. like, the, the, this is this is different. So I do think that gives the creators a, a broader, like, I guess, license to maybe address this in the second game of just, like, you f- you get the feeling at the end of this game that Senua has unpacked de- and defeated all of this really grim shit that she has been through. And I'm really intrigued to see how this kind of extends into a sequel, considering maybe, like, the change in her relationship with these voices and her own psychosis. I think... This is one of those games where it could have easily been a one-off, oh, in yeah. which this is the end of the story. It's a great ending. Everyone would accept it. So if there is that sense of it's a little bit fraught with danger of kind of extending past this. So I, it, it, there is nothing that this like development company's done like with this series that makes me think that they can't do it. So I, I am I'm intrigued yeah. to see what they do next. So I would actually say, so okay, definitely that would be a great place for them to go. I think they should go there. But also, I think there is actually a lot of work that they could do to um, specifically like the fighting. I think they can make the fighting incorporate further into the feeling of the of the the story and, and of the mind. Like I if if I had one critique of this game, it would be that I feel like this combat from a theme perspective should have been a lot more <laughs> No, 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 no. Well, yes. <laughs> I don't disagree with that. But what I mean is it should have been more mono mono I think it should have been conquering the manifestation of your fears in a more one-on-one style way. And it was for the boss fights. But if you said like, bro, they just made 10 more boss fights and they're all interesting and they're all in their own unique places, like that sort of, we took this as the foundation and then we, we didn't have the time last time, but we built on it a bunch more. And now there's these really impressive boss arenas and boss fights. I think that would be fucking awesome. Like... That that could tie in, like if it was me, I would slow down the attacks a little bit and I would make them more labored. But the reason why is because the effort to fight back in these scenarios is like part of the rest of the story. The effort from her to get to this light to the next light, it taxes her to the nth degree. And I feel like they could if they chose to, you know, will this take away from the fact that it's a nice pacing thing? I don't know, but I think they could choose to put some more of that like labored effort into the fighting and into the like into that particular section of the game. That's what I'm trying to say. And I I can just imagine in my head cuz dude, that's what's sad is that they throw the same like trash enemies at you a bunch of times and it's just like, "Oh, darn. 
these enemies are all cool and fighting them is all cool but like what if they had more bosses here that each represented a particular thing like what if that was what it was it was conquering your demons like you know and it is kind of like that but what if they ran with that from a gameplay perspective i feel like oh mm -hmm. there's stuff here so maybe that too i wouldn't be surprised i wouldn't be surprised if they're like cool we have the tech and the knowledge for a great baseline so we're going to evolve it grow it and put more i don't know i think that sounds kind of rad so maybe it'll be good <laughs> hopefully oh no, yeah, I mean, I, def I definitely agree with that. Like, considering that the last battle was honestly just like, okay, instead of facing one fast butt cheek guy, you face three I know, fast exactly. butt cheek guys. <laughs> yeah. like, so like, like, I, I agree, like, that, that, that does seem like a little anticlimactic that the only reason you fail is not because of the type of boss, but because of the sheer the number of difficulty. Cheeks. Yeah, yeah. No, but like adding difficulty by adding enemies is to me one of the lamer things it kind of makes it more chaotic right and, it's it's yeah. what we complained about like mass effect 3 back in the day like we we complained you know mass effect 3 wasn't as fulfilling because the final fight there was just them being like you're not gonna face one ardat yakshi you're gonna face three ardat yakshi yeah. like it it was stupid yeah. like we were just like oh this is this is not this is not complex it's just annoying and sure it kind of maybe felt that way a little I, I i'd say i'd say less so in hellblade um i wasn't as annoyed in hellblade it was more i think they were just really trying to exemplify that overwhelming feeling maybe if they had more variety in enemies so then it's just like instead of you seeing like multiple types of four different enemies maybe you see multiple types of like eight different yeah. I, I don't I, I think I like I I from a gamer perspective I think I agree with that but when I think about like at the end of the day the 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 most important thing about this video game is the story yeah. right. so I, I do think it's like it, it is a I think a conscious choice to simplify those enemies and not make necessary they have different like boss fights with like Valraven and Whatever the fuck guy is, I don't remember. Cert. Cert. Um, <laughs> it's like they have like those kind of, and, and and then the final like grammar like beast at the end. Yeah. Um, so I think they have boss fights in that way, but I do I do respect in which they're like at the very end. There is a certain kind of adherence to this idea. It's like okay, so please remember that combat isn't everything. Oh, yeah, it's course. like that's not the forefront of this game. Yeah right it's weird it's like i'm trying to like think about it and i'm thinking like it's like there's like certain like soft rules in my head that like things that have i don't know if they offend me but they're like it's like the cheapness of a jump scare and they were going for the overwhelming feeling <laughs> in the combat and they did in fact overwhelm me but spawning people behind me that's a jump scare yeah he you know what i'm saying because <laughs> you know like, that's kind of cheap and so i'm sitting there like even though they have, we have already mentioned the amazing mechanic of telling you when they're attacking you from behind. Oh, by the way, and doing that fucking bullshit thing where just you randomly get staggered in the last fight when the when the screen yeah. shakes. I'm like, yeah. man, like that's some. Anyways, bullshit. Um, and so I'm like sitting there, like, okay, Elena, we're looking for that. We're looking for this. We're looking for that enemy attack. You know, it's like, okay, fine, fine, fine. But but I do think like it's a fair point, um, and it's also a fair point that that the overwhelming is is what they're going for. I'm just like sitting there like thinking like, oh God, I don't know why, but there's some gamer sensibility that's getting offended here. Could we just tweak this just slightly, please? I'm sorry, just for me. Sorry. <laughs> the Dark Souls fanboy. <sighs> so 
I don't even know. Yeah, it's one of those things. It's like, well, I'm not offended, but like I can just feel that someone's exactly. Upset. It's McCoy. You're like, wait, you like put your ear to like the like to the table. Like, is someone offended somewhere? Like else? Like I can hear it. Yes. Oh God. Well, cool. Uh, so, you got any more topics for us? Or are we feeling rating? This is Claire, but Ooh. I feel like we're into the oh, rating. I thought so, so too. Taking charge. I like it. That's awesome. That is awesome. <laughs> Big respect. Guest power. Do you want a guest go first? I'm not saying no. <laughs> well, say yes. <laughs> Sounds like a okay. yes. Yes. Is which guest is going first though? Oh shit. Fucking goddamn it! I forgot about that. Um, played. I was gonna say, uh, yeah, I just got totally wrecked. Um, Claire, what about you? Do you want to go first? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, remind me of how the rating. Oh, would McCoy love would love nothing more. I, I'm the guest. I would love to. So there's a hard rule about the rating system. It's never been broken one time, and 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 that's how it's gonna stay. So don't be the first. And be first. so yeah, that would be really embarrassing, wouldn't it? Um, so there is a thumbs down. A rating Sorry. that does not fit this game in any <laughs> in any form that I can. You think don't know of. my life. I do know your life. And <laughs> That's fair. If there's anything I know, it's your life. Okay. Um, then there is also no thumbs or a meh. Right. Think of a fist, but not a fist bump. Just a fist. Um, and then there's thumbs up, two thumbs up. Those are different gradations of positive. Um, and then there's golden star. Like it crossed a threshold. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So. I think the fact that I was passionate enough about this game to recommend it to be played, I feel like that does give it a golden star in my perspective. And me being a guest, I'll probably only be a guest on episodes. I'm only going to give things a golden star. So I do respect uh, that fallacy. Um, But I do think this is a game in which... I... (laughs) It kind of came at me in, like, two different phases. It was the phase where I played it and then kind of, like, the after effects when I thought about it more and I thought about the story and kind of uh, experienced other people playing it for the first time. And I think this is a kind of a cinema-level storytelling that becomes an experience because we get to play it in a video game form. And because the developers developed it in such a conscientious and respectful way that... We got to kind of experience Sinua's experience not only through the screen, but also kind of through our own reactions and our own emotions as well. And I think for my video game experience, that's a pretty rare feat to be able to pull off. Not only just to kind of hold my attention in like the video game realm, but also kind of reach past that and get to like my psyche and and make me think about things that I don't normally think about when I play video games. And for that alone is kind of a golden star for me. But I I think Melina Jurgen's performance in this especially kind of puts it over the top of this person who has no acting experience and she's using her own experience, her own knowledge, her own feelings to put on an absolutely show-stopping performance. I think that is an- another very rare thing that would be special in any game but in combination to how great this game already is it really just puts it over the top for me that's awesome one day you'll be on wait did you golden star um i'm I, what is it it's not the cat lady lorelei <laughs> i did not actually i did not okay reasonable <laughs> I, I 
enjoyed it. I guess that's that's a good point. I did not go to Star Cat Lady. Offended. Um, while I did enjoy it very much, it did not quite reach into my soul quite as much as this one did. <laughs> Hurts, but moving on. Okay. Um, next guest. Uh, let's do. <laughs> for jokes, I was gonna say James, but that's so mean. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry. I don't know why. I just, dude. It's a it's a long episode. We're getting a little. Okay. All right. Um. Tie, tighten up the 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 tie there. Okay, um, Raphael, tell us, man. You had the Goldilocks playthrough and experience here. That's what I'm calling it. Uh, did it <laughs> did it uh, capitalize on that? How'd, how'd it go? Um, so I mean, for me, I I've been de- like deliberating internally, like leading up to this episode and during it, like what does it mean for a game to be gold star to me? And this is definitely a game that sort of challenges that. Mm-hmm. So it's like like we said like it's not really a game where you're having fun (laughs) right Mm -hmm. and like that's a large part of why people go to play games right um so on the one hand it's really like not hitting the notes that you would normally be going to games for but on the other hand it's this incredibly unique experience that's delivered like really powerfully and has given me a lot to think about um so like if i think about how i feel about uh, interesting movies or books that I read, like that makes it easier to feel like, yes, this is definitely a gold star game for me. Um, yeah. So I would give it the gold star just with the, the caveat that it's like, this is not a normal game experience. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And yeah. gold star is such a personal mm. thing because like we all have those games that it's like, God, we've played a thousand hours. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like that game that just it speaks to our soul beyond any other game. Um, but you look at something like this and you think to yourself, like, this was like magical in a way that I don't know if I need to play it nine times or be on the Discord every day to appreciate, yeah. you know, like that it transcended in a way. I'm not sure I even want to play it again just because it's like <laughs> such a taxing experience yeah Mm -hmm. um yeah i almost like want like a chapter play kind of thing because there's like sections of this game that i want to experience it again but then like others like the blindness puzzle where i'm like no fuck that puzzle (laughs) like let's just let's just skip through that (laughs) okay well then elena you're the last guest here yeah i am um, I was, I think, in a similar boat to Raphael, where I originally, as we were finishing the game today, I was sort of like, okay, this is like a, I really like this game. It's like a great two thumbs up. I don't think it quite hits a gold star for me. Mm. But I think as I've kind of like sat on it more and thought about it more, and especially after we watched mm. the feature, I think it's a gold star. And I think kind of for the same reasons Raphael was saying, is like, this is an experience. And I think it's something I'm going to remember and that will stick with me and that was very unique and very unlike anything that I like would usually think about getting from a video game. Um, I think this game is really effective at what it sets out to do. And it, it's really effective because it put in the work behind, as I said before, the good work. It's just, it's good work. They did a really good job of asking people what they experienced and, and translating that for the rest of us. Um, so I think it's a really effective game and it's very affecting. It's going to stick with you and I think about it for a long time. And I think for in that way, it's a gold star because it's just it's a really interesting and thought provoking experience that I don't at all regret having, even though I was scared and I 
didn't like dying over and over again. Um, and it wasn't always fun. And a couple parts of it were kind of clunky. Like I felt like sometimes I was like, boy, are we doing another one of these rune puzzles? Okay, here we go. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, like the overall package of this game is so interesting and awesome and different. That's got to be a gold star, I think, for me. Um, maybe I'll jump in, then James and Zoe. How about that? Um, sure, Sounds sure, sure. Great. Okay. Um, yeah. I want to start by contextualizing the gold star. Okay. And yeah, I know I said I started with that line, which makes you think it's going to be 90 minutes. It's not going to be 90 minutes. <laughs> Hold your fucking Sorry. horses. He saw the look on my face of like, are you really going to do this right now? Oh. <laughs> There's a... There's a really hilarious uh, video from Dave Chappelle's Chappelle show where it's the wrap it up box and it plays orchestra music <laughs> as you want your significant other to wrap it up in that conversation. And it can be used in all sorts of different contexts. <laughs> Anyways, look it up. Um, neither here nor there. But I want to start by contextualizing the Golden Star for me personally, because like to me, like obviously, okay, thumbs down is easy, right? That's just a bad game. Like, meh, it's like... It's okay. It's somewhat of a mixed bag, whatever. Um, then the one and two thumbs up, those are like kind of like that's kind of the area of like you're looking for a game you should probably play these if you're you know looking for something mm -hmm. and then you know and there's different gradations of that but the golden star is like it's a it's a it's a diamond of some sort that's that you I found meant. it's special it's very yeah. different i'm definitely not arguing with you oh about what sorry you i thought that you were attacking <laughs> i thought that my rating was being called into question Whoa. and that you felt the need to like reiterate what a gold star was oh. so okay never mind please continue thank you um uh what i mean by that is that to get a gold star is to enter into a new echelon like a new pantheon of games and there might be 20 tiers in there in my own personal mind of what spoke to me the most or the least but it's something i want to give to games that they just stood out in a powerful way that's positive um and like I think that's how I like to look at it. So I think that's how I can justify giving a game like this a gold star because I'm just like, you don't see a motherfucker like this that often. <laughs> um, and so you shouldn't <laughs> play it. Um, and it's cool. And it does. And in a couple areas, it took multiple steps beyond what you see very often. Um, and it's it's bold. It's brave. It's all sorts of things. So this game is cool. Like I, you know, maybe again, like this may not be my favorite game of all time, but it's definitely a game that raised an eyebrow in terms of like they they did this and this game did not have to exist. So that is awesome. So that's what I'll say about it. On to you, Jay Money. Yeah, um, I'm going to start this uh, by recontextualizing yes. the gold star after McCoy contextualized. Hell yeah. <laughs> um, it, no, I'm not. Screw that. Uh, I... Um, uh, I I gold star this game. Uh, it it was an absolutely incredible experience. Um, I think that um, I I feel like I learned a lot playing this game about the way that I experience the world and about the way that um, that that's a privilege um, to not to not have to be surrounded constantly by, by, uh, voices. Um, uh, 
but the ability to to live in that it really felt like it was giving me giving me the ability to live in a person's head um for for the eight hours or so that I played it for uh which really I I don't know that I've ever experienced in a game before where I really felt this like incredible connection to the character that I was playing as um on that level um and that was uh it was really intense really moving not fun (laughs) a lot of the time but um I mean what is fun like it I I think also you know it's like the it it felt important and important is more is better than fun maybe (laughs) sometimes I like that I like that I feel that Okay. Um, I mean, there, there's so many sentiments that I could echo, I guess, in my own review. Um, one, I just can definitely echo James and that I am just so thankful that there is a medium in which I can only slightly experience what it's like to be somebody different from myself. Uh, and it just brings me, I don't know, like, I can approach these situations with so much more empathy and so much more understanding than I could have ever done before I played this game. And I think mm. that is really important, um, especially in times like these. I feel like just having empathy and compassion for people different from you is just... It's so vital in these times, and being able to just do that and have... I don't know, just have it land the way that it did for me. I, I'm so thankful for that experience. Um, and I'm also just so thankful that this, that that Ninja Theory took the time and effort to really understand these experiences, these struggles, these victories, and exemplify them in the way that they did. And it just only makes me like look at all these other games that say that they tackle mental health and just be like, but are you? <laughs> like, oh, you have yeah. a you you have a main character with schizophrenia, but do you? Yeah. Like yeah. I I wish I hope that a lot of development companies follow the steps of Ninja Theory in, you know, approaching these these subject matters matters in ways that they did. Only because it is so impactful when it, it when it is presented in a realistic but humanizing way. Mm-hmm. Um, and at the same time, like I love this story because. In a kind of, I don't want to say watered down sense, but this is also a love story, but it is such a real love story. Mm-hmm. Um, like, I don't see myself as a romantic all that much, but this kind of story with the love and respect that Dillian and Senua have for one another just seemed so real to me. And I don't know, I just, I just really appreciated it. It just seems so real to me with this game and it really connected with me in that way and so I also like hope that other games will maybe approach 
don't know, just typical relationships Mm -hmm. in the same way that this game did, just because it is so important and so impactful. So, I mean, like, what I mean to say is I also give this game a cold star. Like, I mean, this, yeah. this like, thumbs down. I, I realize I didn't say mind, my rating. thumbs down. Yeah. Did not like the darkness. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I hated the blindness yeah. test. Yeah. Fuck that. The, the mean, yeah, what I mean to just say is hands down gold star. It is such an important experience. I am not even going to caveat it to anybody that I recommend it to you just honestly need to experience this game and it is so important and I just I want to say I really hope it paves the way for game gaming to come granted this game came out in 2016 2017 so it's like games have come out since then (laughs) that have maybe strayed away from this premise but like I'm hoping maybe now with the added reception of Hellblade 2, like maybe it will kind of recenter this conversation and how we can approach these games for sure. Um, I do think it's really important, but gold star yeah. for me. Definitely love this game. Gold stars across yeah. the board, if I'm not I'm mistaken. I'm calling it now, yeah, guys. I, I think, think so. this is in the running for game of the year. We've had, I mean, we've played some Woo! really good games this year. We, I am a guest on this podcast. Yeah. You all have played some really great <laughs> games this year. Um, but I think this one's going to be, going to be up there. Dude, one day I'm going to make us rate all of our gold stars in ranked order. I mean, that sounds like nope. a podcast oh, from hell. Okay. Um, oh, no. So I was going to say, like, actually, you know, weird twisted angle. Uh, this, so you're, you, you're, just piggybacking off Zoe's review for a second, like she was saying, like, I hope it paves the way. And it definitely mm-hmm. will. It definitely will. There's no doubt. But it also won't in many places, too. And I think this is something I've been thinking about a lot. And, like, um, when we come to thinking about empathy and stuff, I maybe other people won't agree with me. But I actually have empathy for games that that don't do it as well as this. Because this was, like, their thing. This was, like, almost everything, every aspect of the entire game was built to give us this experience and other games aren't that and can't be that it's really hard they put in the hard yards for this game to get it to where it is and there's going to be a lot of games that are not going to be able to put in those hard yards want Mm -hmm. to put in those hard yards even understand that there's hard yards that they aren't putting in and so in some weird twisted way i think we should bring empathy towards those games too um i i do yeah no i do think though if you're going to be addressing topics like this that do like they 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 speak for their like the experiences of other people i do expect this level of this level of like like back work in a way due diligence yeah no due diligence is like i do think it's like i think i don't know in the past and i I can't speak for an a specific example but i think it's like we look for cat lady <laughs> Layers of fear. I mean, I can't speak. I don't. I. I will. I. I'm gonna preface Layers this. I do too, not yeah. know the development experience of the cat lady. I cannot say. But I think people, when they're looking for kind of diverse gaming experiences, they're willing to have a diverse character, but they're not willing to do the work that it takes to do that in a respectful way. So, while I do think that, like, I think that, like, the gaming studio in in this in this way went above and beyond, and they knocked it out of the fucking park. I do think that we should set a high standard in stories like this, just because there is so much at stake in how people are 
addressed and kind of considered in their everyday life. And I think when you're given this much power to reach so many people, it does come with a lot of responsibility. And it, it comes with the responsibility not just to do well, but do your fucking best. So honestly, hats off to the Ninja folks here, theory. To, to Ninja Theory. And um, I just hope that other other development studios uh, realize that it really pays off to do to do that groundwork. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, and and um, uh, I want I want to say two more things. One of them is this game kind of highlights how long mental illness has been the boogeyman. Yeah. Um, and um, and I I think that it's like it's it's just it's lazy at this point to 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 put that into your media um and it, and is disappointing to me when when I see that um in a non-compassionate way um <clears throat> um but also like yeah if 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 a game acknowledges that it's not its core mechanic isn't related to mental illness like it's its entire game isn't but there is an aspect of that and it treats it well and and um then yeah absolutely i can understand if that game doesn't do as good a job as this game because this yeah. game <laughs> does a good job huh. but yeah. yeah yeah this this game takes two steps in at, like almost every possible like i feel like the the surround sound audio is like two steps beyond like good audio in games mm-hmm. but also like you guys are saying they they talk to yeah. actual people and they they had their experiences and we talked about how the future really shows that. But, like, that also is two steps to me. Because the first step would have been, I guess, like, the the zero steps is, like, just take what old media has told you. Then the first step is, like, talk to the professors, yo. And the second step is, like, actually get down to the mm-hmm. root of it. And they talked to both. But I, yeah. I, could, I saw flashing before my eyes an alternate universe where they just talked to the professors. And that still would have been a good step. Yeah. Um, but it was... They mm-hmm. also yeah, took a third absolutely. step, actually, which was talk to the people do a draft show it back to them mm-hmm. ask them what they can yeah. do better yeah 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 Which, like they, they iterated right. and that's it. gutsy mm-hmm. that that was i i i do want to kind of give props it's like that could, that would be really scary it's like to have your first draft of like and showing it to the folks that it represents and being willing to take that criticism and to take that and just instead of acting kind of in a reactive like we did our best like what the fuck are yeah. you asking for and instead instead of having that kind of reactive first step to instead being like you're right let's change this and it really paid off in this and i think it's not they not only made a fantastic game they made a game in which the folks that they represented are like this is great. This is not tokenizing. This represents my experiences. And that that's like, that's the boxes that you have to check, in, in, in my opinion. I think that I, yeah. oof. Yeah, I like dude, it. and just like, yeah. uh, last point, at least for me on the token concept, I think we are, the way I'm viewing the media space right now, in terms of like how people accept games, is like we are, I would say at this point, inundated with, potentially even good attempts or good tries, good spirited, I mean to say, not necessarily good effective tries, but good spirits in terms of they were trying to increase representation of all sorts of concepts, right? And a lot of them come off as token. 
a lot of them and it's brutal to watch and so there's this backlash there's this reverse pressure of oh you're doing a game about mental illness is it just going to be a token game because i don't want a token game and it's like they did such a fantastic job with this game but i and and it's awesome and i just sit there and i think i wonder if some of the reason why this didn't reach as far is people being like, oh, I don't know. Are they going to do this well? I'm not even sure if I, you know, just that, all that little like, Ugh, really, you're going to go there? And so I think we're dealing with that too. And so this is like a shining example of them breaking through that. And that's really exciting um, and really cool. And I think it was all really encapsulated in that line when they were, when they were talking about it. It's like, no, this is not just that token thing, even if it was meant well. No, this is like something truly special. Um, and that's awesome. Oh, deep breath. But all right. Yeah, I was going to say deep e inhale, deep exhale, because we fucking mm. did it. Happy Halloween, <laughs> everybody. Yeah. Happy Halloween. Yeah. Happy, happy November. After Halloween for the all you listening. November yeah. 2nd. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, right. awesome. Well, thank you so much, everyone, for listening to this. It's been a wild ride, but. We sincerely hope that you enjoyed this podcast, but you know, if you did, feel free to hey, write always getting it. Yay! <laughs> mm, <true>. Email <laughs> in it. But it otherwise, really you know, follow you... us on Instagram, also true. Tyranny of Thumbs, but not at gmail.com, just Tyranny of Thumbs. Yeah. Oh, God. P please read more five-star yep. reviews because exactly. right now, next to the top is just one that yeah, has torn. McCoy... Be sure to mention McCoy's, McCoy's trash, trash takes, takes in your yeah. review. <laughs> Listen, if you give us a five star and you say McCoy sucks, I am like down, bro. Like that is uh, fine by me. Yeah, like, <laughs> he's like, I'll take We it. take those. You know what I'm saying? We take those. Uh, in our turn. Okay. <laughs> All right. Anyway, everybody, take care of yourselves. Stay safe. And we'll see you next time. Hell yeah. Whoop, whoop. <laughs>